We are proud to announce the launch of WrestleCopia brand and the WrestleCopia podcast network, which you can find over at www.wrestlecopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com, WrestleCopia.com. You may have heard me mention the WrestleCopia brand in passing on a variety of our shows. You might be asking, what is WrestleCopia? Well, the name derives from the words wrestle for wrestling and copia, which is defined as having plenty or an abundance of. It's abundance of wrestling history over at WrestleCopia.com as the podcast never continues to grow with a variety of podcasts. Everything from our show, The Wrestling Memory Grenade, where we take a trip down memory lane to wrestling history's past as we analyze and dissect complete years of wrestling history from your favorite promotions, to Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, an in-depth look and weekly breakdown of the entire Raw vs. Nitro War. To our newest podcast, TR Shocks the World, where host Tom Robinson makes his long-awaited return to the wrestling airwaves. Tom does everything from break down the current product to share inside stories and memories from years gone by. It's discretion advised as TR shocks the world with his strong opinions, hilarious impressions, and so much more. The WrestleCopia News Network is a special feature podcast. You can expect more late-breaking news, timely discussions, and tributes to the fallen legends on future episodes of WCNN. We've also got other podcasts being prepped for their debuts, including a territory-based show we like to call The Money and the Miles. There's an old saying in the world of professional wrestling that nothing in this business is real except the money made and the miles traveled. In this podcast, we discuss the territory era, with shows focusing on everything from show reviews to yearly breakdowns to episodes focusing on some of the rare, lesser-known territories and outlaw promotions of yesteryear that remain an enigma. Stop on over to WrestleCopia.com for all the latest shows and follow us on Twitter, at WrestleCopia. That's on Twitter, at WrestleCopia, for all the latest news and information on the podcast network. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Welcome to this most splendiferous edition of the Wrestling Memory Grenade, episode number 43. It's the King of the Ring 1993 watch-along. I am Ray Russell, and joining me, Mr. Steve Ekstat, for this watch-along venture. Steve, are you excited for some King of the Ring? It's just another memory grenade. <laughs> just, just, It's just another show, man. No, it's okay That's when we right. do that with the WWF shit, Steve, but we can't tell them that about our show. <laughs> no, it's, I, I can't wait for this one. I love this show. Should be some good stuff in one. here, mixed in with probably a little bit of bad too. Yeah, so here we go. Probably we, the uh, best paper of the year. Yeah, and I'm sorry, guys, we didn't get with you the week going into Christmas. The plan was to get a bunch of stuff in the bag, and it just didn't happen in time. And then there was a vacation to Vegas, and Steve had things going on too. And then there was there was Christmas. Uh, we're here now. We're recording, and that's what matters. We're going to get this out on time for sure this week. So when you listen, it will be Wednesday. It's dropping Wednesday, and uh, I'm holding myself to that because I'm saying it right here on the air. 
but yes, we're right back on schedule. It'll be King of the Ring watch along here today. And then next week, the final two weeks of June into the 4th of July next week on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. That should be some uh, fun stuff as well. But before we get there, we got to do this. And uh, before we get going, let's talk a little bit about our social media, Steve. You guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade as part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network on WrestleCopia.com and all your favorite podcast streaming apps from Apple to Spotify, Google Pod, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible on Amazon, iHeartRadio, so many more, guys. And, of course, you need to follow us. Go on over to Twitter and follow us at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Home! the free prize giveaway we'll talk about that in just a second also follow us and like us on facebook now also home of the free prize giveaway we're at facebook.com slash wrestling grenade and guys i just gave away four count them four after mags from the late 80s early 90s just this past week all you had to do was follow us on twitter or facebook or both and you were automatically entered and you'll continue to be entered in all of our future free prize giveaways maybe steve's got something up his sleeve here pretty soon given what's coming up here uh, with the summer months, Summer Slam, and all kinds of good stuff. Everything's picking up in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, but be sure to follow us, guys. It's just that simple. You're automatically entered into each and every free prize giveaway. I gave away some good ones, great covers. A very famous cover with the, with the Four Horsemen and J.J. Dillon. The uh, Crockett Cup cover. I gave away uh, one from 1993, Sting and Bob Backlund. Who, who was America's comeback kid in 93? Was it Sting or Bob Backlund? Time will tell as we're in 93 right now. I don't think it's going to be Bob Backlund, though. I also gave away another cool magazine. Had Barry Wyndham doing the Sting face paint gimmick from Halloween Havoc 90 on the cover. So just very cool. I was going through my stuff. I said, what can I afford to give away? What maybe do I have a double of? What do I have copies of that I'm I'm okay with giving my originals away? And so congratulations out there. I don't have the gentleman's name in front of me, so I'll give him a shout out in the next episode. But congratulations to our winner and more to come soon, Steve. Yeah, I'm working on something. We should have something for the July 4th for sure. Ooh, sounds like fun. Very intriguing indeed. And guys, you can also go over and subscribe to us on our YouTube account. In case you haven't heard, because of you, our listeners, we have obtained our goal of that custom URL we were looking for. You can now find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. And since we've gotten that custom URL, Steve, we've already shot up 20% in subscriptions. So it's really working out pretty well for us. Yeah, thanks to the followers and subscribers. It makes it so much easier. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, I got to say, I, I've been lazy, or if you want to call it lazy, I've got, just got a lot going on here in this holiday season. So I've kind of I've slowed down on putting up new videos here for the Christmas and New Year's weeks. So, uh, right after New Year's, I promise, guys, I'll get right back at it. A lot of new stuff coming from WWF 93, USWA 93, and so much more. On behalf of the Wrestling Memory Grenade and the Russell Copia brand, we are proud to announce our very own Patreon account. We encourage everyone to stop on over to patreon.com slash and check out an amazing 14 tiers. And depending on your budget, we have everything from as little as a $1 tier to as much as a $100 tier. Get you all sorts of exciting offers. It really all depends on what offer you value the most. You can do anything from join Steve and I right here as co-host for an episode of The Grenade, all the way down to unedited versions of the show, early access to upcoming episodes, beat everyone else to the punch, see what we're saying before everyone else gets to hear it, plus my insanely detailed show notes, which I value ever so dearly. You can even pick the flick, and what that means is, if you subscribe to one of our You Pick the Flick tiers, you'll tell us, me and Steve, what show it is you want us to review. It can be a watch-along on the WWE Network, YouTube, Daily Motion. 
It could even be a live review of a rare show from my personal archive vault of videos at home. No promotion, no territory, no era is off limits. You can request anything from your favorite WrestleMania to an episode of 1982 World Class to the 60-minute classic between Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. from 1970s All Japan. Hell, if you want to put us through the misery, we'll even pull a mystery science theater over here and watch Hell Comes to Frogtown starring Roddy Piper. You tell us what you want us to review, and we'll do our own little watch-along and do our best to entertain you guys and give you guys insight in the process. And it doesn't end there. There's a $5 tier, the all-access tier. Not only do you gain access to everything on every lower tier, but you'll also have complete access to our entire full library of random show reviews and watch-alongs we've done and continue to do as a side project. We review everything from the Flair Steamboat 2 out of 3 fall match from Class 6, all the way down to the Halloween 1985 edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. It's a proverbial hodgepodge of randomness, as you never know what we'll review next. And it's exclusive to the all-access tier or any of the higher tiers over at patreon.com slash wrestlecopia. Check it out now. That address again is patreon.com slash wrestlecopia. That's wrestle, C-O-P-I-A. And uh, before we get going every week, we like to put on it. Well, I like to, I don't know if Steve likes to, but I like to throw out a nice audio bite, a sound bite of a guy by the name of Virgil. And this week's Virgil of the Week. Well, there isn't one, Steve. Virgil's getting the night off because, hey, remember I mentioned Bret Hart hurt his ankle. He works here at the King of the Ring. He's off the following Monday night. If Bret Hart can do it, why not? Virgil can do it, too. So Virgil's going to take the night off here on this particular episode of the Wrestling Memory Grenade. But I'll leave you with one final Virgil line here, Steve, before we get going with this watch along. Guess what? Me. We had to hear the the great Virgil's voice at least one time before we get this pay-per-view going. And we're going to go back to June 13th, 1993. Steve's having a good time over there. Just see that? I didn't have to play an entire promo. Just three fucking words. Yes. Three fucking words makes him pop. I love it. That's that's what the essence of Virgil is all about. I, another new shirt, the essence of Virgil. I don't even want to know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't either. <laughs> You're going to have to get that uh, Scratch and Summer Slam. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get that SummerSlam 92 promo lined up for SummerSlam 93 where he's too legit to quit. Oh man, I got a quite a few actually leading into that pay-per-view as well with nails coming up. Yeah, that's on a future episode here. Coming up here at 93, Nails and Verge, we're going to do that. I know I know it's a year off, a year back, but <laughs> it's Virgil, so it, it, it uh, transcends all years. So more Virgil on the way, I promise. I have to make up for today, I actually have two Virgil promos already lined up for the next episode of The Grenade. You guys will enjoy those. But for now, everybody queue up that WWE Network, queue up that Peacock to the King of the Ring 93, or if you have Peacock, it's season one. I'm not even going to get into that of King of the Ring. It is King of the Ring 93, though, guys. And, of course, anybody who has the Peacock, if you're not paying for the uh, commercials, do yourself a favor and pause our show every time you go into a commercial break on the pay-per-view and pick us up on the other side so you don't get out of sync with our show. For those not watching at all, it's fine. You don't have to actually watch along to enjoy the show. We do our best to entertain and inform as the show goes on with, with or without your need to watch the actual pay-per-view event. All of that said, Steve, if you're ready, we're going to fire this up. We're going to fire up King of the Ring 1993. I'm ready. All right, guys, we're going to go back June 13th, 1993. It is the very first ever King of the Ring televised, King of the Ring, I should note, 
at the Nutter Center, just a Nutter Arena here in Dayton, Ohio. And we're going to count you guys down. You guys press play on the other side of five, four, three, two, one. Press play. Welcome to the heartland of America as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring Extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all who is the King of the Ring. In opening round matchups, former WWF champion Hitman Bret Hart will square off against his old nemesis, ruthless Razor Ramon. Pure perfection meets pure power as Mr. Perfect takes on the sinister Mr. Hughes. Hotsaw Jim Duggan will butt heads with a massive beast from the east, Bam Bam Bigelow. The undefeated Native American Tatanka grapples with the narcissist Lex Luger. Who will survive this grueling test of strength and endurance? Who will be crowned the WWF King of the Ring? And away we go, Steve. It's uh, the very first King of the Ring pay-per-view. They they threw another pay-per-view at us here in 1993, and I wasn't complaining. No, I wasn't either. This is, like I said just a little bit ago, I think this is their best uh, pay-per-view of the year, I would say. Certainly wrestling-wise, you couldn't argue that whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going by. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of thanks to that, of course, to Bret Hart. But we'll we'll see that as the, the night goes on. And we have the same WrestleMania 9 team, the announced team again. It's Jim Ross, Bobby Heenan, and Randy Savage out here. Is the bad guy, Razor Ramon, making his way to the ring for his first match, the first round match against Bret the Hitman Hart. Razor advanced over El Matador. Tito Santana, Bret Hart got the number one seed. So he got a bye right into the tournament. No qualifying for the Hitman after being screwed at WrestleMania. Yeah, fitting. I kind of wish they would have went by seeds, though. That would have been kind of cool. Besides well, you, just him. The, well, the very first week, if you looked at it, everything was numbered in, in the normal seeding thing, and then it just kind of disappeared after that. Because if you look at it that way, Razor Moan's your number eight seed here. But it's hard to go by seeds when you're just having random qualifying matches. It's, uh, it does explain how it, everybody ends up where they are. And this yeah, just... it would help with that. I mean, how did they determine who wrestles who? <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, there was a lot of things that didn't <laughs> make sense there during that, especially the latter half of that uh, qualifying point. We had Mr. Perfect Wrestling doink three occasions, time limit draw, time limit draw, finally a match to the finish, Perfect beats doink to qualify. But in between that second and third match, there was also a Shawn Michaels crush match that went to a double countout, and apparently that, that means they weren't allowed to, to have a rematch. But so then they added the supposedly added the Mr. Hughes Kamala match for Mr. Hughes to advance during all of that. Now, what that replaced, I have no idea. So something didn't make sense. Some, something didn't smell right there. No, definitely did not. It's like they, they had a couple of matches lined up and figured out, and then the wheels fell off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? We'll just Essentially, figure, we'll just plug it, people in. Essentially, seven guys needed to qualify, so there should have been oh, seven cool. seven matches. Uh, somehow there were eight, even though all of them were announced before anybody was completely eliminated. So it just it didn't make any sense. 
Yeah, some nice, uh, f- nice artwork here. A little more signs in the crowd than normal, seems like, here in the Nutter Center. Just a Nutter Arena, though, says the bad guy. That's right. Got to get those jokes in now I- while Razor's in the ring. I like the lighting in here. It's yeah, it's brighter. A, yeah, it's a very different. They've been running weekly, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the Nutter Center, not one of the larger arenas. So it was very interesting that this was the choice they went with as far as uh, arena. It's almost like they already scheduled a show for this day and then later on decided it was going to be a pay-per-view. I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing shit out there. I have no idea. Definitely could. What is that, Dayton, Ohio, right? Yeah, Dayton, Ohio. The heart of um, heartland of America. Razors fan club back there. All yeah. six of them. Well, they picked a <laughs> they picked a perfect time to become Razor fans because it won't be long before For you know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and remember the I first still... two the first time these guys worked on TV was at the Royal Rumble. And Razor had that bum leg there. They still pulled out like a 20-minute match that was perfectly passable. I'm curious to see, because I haven't watched this match in a very long time, if this winds up being the better of the two, with Razor now seemingly over that, that, that bum knee that he basically rehabbed for the first, well, tried to rehab when he had time for the first four or five <laughs> months of the, of the year. I don't. He hasn't had any angles outside of the kid, and that was just like a one-match, 30-second, whatever, and then... You know, everything else is just stall, stall, stall. Uh, it's just jobbers where he can protect himself. So Yeah, and the uh, Matt Classic um, with uh, Mr. Bobbert Backland also. That yeah. Was, uh, that, that barn burner. All the leg trips and <laughs> arm bars. And then the inside cradle. Uh, we don't need to reminisce about that. Well, you just did. <laughs> you, brought, you basically just described Look the entire it. match. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So the first round has what fifteen minute time limits? I'm not sure. Was it ten or fifteen? See, I didn't study that hard, so it was either ten or fifteen. I don't remember. It's got to be fifteen because I know this match goes fifteen, and then they go twenty. That's right, because I remember what happens in this. uh, And then thirty. That's right. Oh, he closed line. I think there's no time limit. (laughs) Hip toss didn't work there by the hitman, but Razor misses the elbow. Brett going to show him up. So remember, let's not forget, Steve, the night before, June 12th, Bret Hart wrestled Bob Backlund in the Battle of the Babyfaces in Madison Square Garden. That's where Brett reportedly injured his ankle. I said in the last episode, how do you injure your ankle in a match against Bob Backlund? Of course, the duo did go just over 30 minutes. I've actually found the handheld footage of that show, so I'm going to be curious. I'm going to go in and, and watch that match. As the same, same night in Garden, we saw face-and-face Brett versus Backlund. We saw heel versus heel. As well as Razor Ramon got in there with uh, Shawn Michaels. Razor playing the baby face, getting ready for uh, an upcoming run. There is foreshadowing till next year. It is. It is kind of <laughs> like that. That's a good call. So let's see what these matches yeah. look like a, a year in advance. Yeah. Remember that time in June when you guys wrestled at the <laughs> Garden? That was some good shit. Let's just run it on pay-per-view for the next like three or four matches. There you go. Bret Hart going to... Work the arm, apparently, in this one. He's taking it a little slow. He knows he's got a, got a hell of a night ahead of him. Let, let's, uh, let's not yeah. kid anyone. I'm not really spoiling anything here, I don't think. Definitely not, if you I'd don't like know see... who wins this. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to see Razor get a little heat in here before the end of the match, though. Again, I remember this uh, pay-per-view finally. I've seen it. I don't remember ever thinking anything negative of this show. 
but I just have not seen it in a very long time. So even though I have good memories, I don't remember everything that goes on here. I do remember enjoying the Bret Hart matches on this pay-per-view, though. Yeah, they definitely get better as the night goes on. And Razor cuts him off finally. Maybe we'll get a little offense from the heel. Makes sense. Is he going to get more offense on the at the King of the Ring than he did at the Rumble? Hmm, that's a, nope. another good question. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Forgot all about that. Yeah, he wasn't giving Razor anything at the uh, Rumble. It's, uh, it's it looks like a little more of the same here. Got him down in the hammer lock. Brett's just worked the arm the entire match thus far. Which, hey, that's uh, that's cl- uh, he's technical, Steve. Remember. I'm technical. Yeah. I'm going to beat you technically. Technically, there's nobody better than the Hitman. Are there hyenas in Cuba? I didn't realize realize how much he used the term technically. Oh, my goodness. I know he's like describing his uh, wrestling style. It's like an old uh, TNM simulator. Are you a brawler? Oh, there's uh, old uh, Roddy Hogan as he goes by on social media in the front row there waiting for his big Hulkamania match. Wait until we get to that match. They'll actually move him from that left corner there to the middle of the front row to allow him to sit there for the uh, Hulk Hogan-Yokozuna match. Of course. And then, you know, in a couple of years, he's going to get paid to make, make it look like Hogan's over still. That's right. By Hogan gotta, himself. Got to bring him in. <laughs> I, bet he, I bet after what I saw earlier, and I'll get to that when we actually get to that match, I bet after what I saw earlier today from Roddy Hogan on, on social media, he probably was hoping Hogan was still paying him right now, the poor guy. Oh, he's struggling? He's he's struggling. Oh, Razor laying in the punt. You better take it easy. Brett feeding him. So though. I think those those dudes down in, in the back, the Razor fan club, they, on the back, on the other side, they have Heenan's number one. So those guys are some heel fans out there. They're what they called the old smart marks. They like the heels. I was just a heel fan. I wasn't, wasn't a, well, maybe by now I was a smarter mark. But uh, when I was a kid, I, I even, oh, here we go. Fall away slam. Razor going to bust out some real moves finally. Yeah, he's actually get, getting a little offense in tonight. Well, to he's, rumble. he's about six months wiser to the business at this point. Yeah, he he knows what's going on. And maybe I'm Brett sure. trusts him more after his match at the Rumble. Well, I'm sure Sean's been in his ear, too. Uh, don't ever let him do that to you again. Don't let him take advantage of you. So by now, they're boys, huh? Davey Boy Smith coming up right here. Look at this running power slam by the bad guy. Going to steal the old bulldog here. Oh, look at that. Looks good. Mm. He doesn't. Is that the only time he's ever done that? I actually just saw him do it on some of the shows I reviewed reviewed after this. So this is uh, that might be the first okay. time he did it, but he'll do it again. Working in some new th- stuff because I will say like he's pretty smart with his offense. It all goes to to the back. Everything he did, you know, the fallaway slam, the belly to back suplex, off the middle rope, the choke slam, like everything was the back and neck area. So. Not that you needed to work work a body part over to hit the razor's edge. That's, that's pretty much. <laughs> no, definitely not. But it makes sense his offense. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now he's gonna use one of Brett. Now oh, that's one of my. Oh, I thought he was gonna. I oh. thought he was. Oh, that would have pissed him off. I, I thought he was gonna do a back dry, or a backbreaker there. Did a side Brett slam. Brett sold and got right up. <laughs> that's my move. You don't do my move. Razor. <laughs> Having no luck with the trifecta of elbows there. 
They both have got the punch. So by yeah, now, and Brett already... Brett was like, "No, I'm making my comeback." Did you see that? How Razor is like slugging it in there. Brett's like, "Nope, my turn." And right into the five moves of yeah. he's hulking up. He's kind of bretting up here. Oh, well, there's the old heart attack I'm clothesline. Done. I'm kinda. done with this shit. <laughs> Brett's like, I'm done. "No more offense for you, buddy." I gave you a couple moves. My turn. It's my uh, night. <laughs> doing Virgil's finisher right there. Russian leg sweep. That should do yeah. it. Now, if that had been Virgil, that would have been the three. <laughs> if that would have been Virgil, he would have had a hard time doing it on a guy like Razor. Well, if that would have been Virgil, this match would have been over five <laughs> minutes ago. He could barely do it on a jobber. I know. He's had some rough times with that move. <laughs> Poor Virgil. Um, I'm guessing elbow off the middle rope here. What do you think? No way. Oh, man. There it is. Making that cover well, after every match, uh, move, but he's just not hooking that leg. Brett's a technical wrestler. He should know to hook the leg. So Sean and Razor are boys by now? I think so. I mean, they'd already been discussing, like, bringing the kid in with Vince. and I mean, they didn't tell Vince to bring the kid in, but Vince went to them and, and, and talked about it. And um, not saying they had some major pull or anything. And there, there comes the bulldog. Nope. Ooh, there's the old chest Ooh. bump into the corner. And then... Sean's also the guy that, that I think Razor and Sean together said, hey, bring, bring um, Kevin Nash in. Sean thought he was funny, and uh, Scott knew him from, from WCW when they were in there together, Diamond Stud and Oz. So the, boy, the band's getting together here. It's the inception, yeah. They're bringing all their, their all buddies the in. They just don't know they're their buddies. Yeah, here we go. Looking for that Razor's Edge. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to see if Brett ever took that ex- that that finisher? I feel nobody like nobody would have sold it. Well, I, I can't say nobody would ever sell it better, but what's Brett gonna do here? He's gonna ooh, use the ropes to roll over into a oh two three exactly. no oh no did he kick out was Small. that oh he got oh, his shoulder up ooh what are you doing that was the finish not really but. <laughs> I can see Brett saying, that. oh, man, would he be livid? Oh, no. <laughs> Razor's like, you can't do the cradle. That's my move. I beat Bob Backlund with that move. Yeah, this match, it's like half the time, but it's a lot more action than what yeah. the Rumble was. Oh, yeah, a lot more going on. Razor working on uh, at 100% right. here, I'd have to imagine. Here we go. It's the uh, yeah, Razor's healthy. back super, superplex. Brett falls on top. One, two, three. Bret Hart advances, the first man to advance into the tournament. Razor Ramon does the job again for the hitman. This time, no submission, though. This was a little not not as definitive. Bret just kind of floats over into that back superplex, lands on top of Razor, and shocks him with that, that pinfall there. These guys were good together, I think. Yeah, they did a good job. You know what was funny was I heard Razor in 94 on an, on an episode of Radio WWF. And he, he quoted this all the way back. He had this memory all the way back to October of 92. He, uh, they mentioned something about Bret Hart, and he goes, I beat him one time at the Richfield Coliseum. It was a house show. It was right before Bret won the belt. And <laughs> he remembered that, that Bret only let him beat him one fucking time, and it was at a house show or whatever. So I thought that, I thought that was funny. That stuck in his mind for you know like two years later. And Scott Hall doesn't seem like somebody that like, memorizes wins and losses. I know Bret does. But it was just funny that he remembered that that one one night that, that Brett let him get the win or whatever. Uh, we're going back in time. This was just yesterday, actually. Superstars the day before. 
The Giant Gonzalez and Undertaker brawling over there in the corner. Mr. Hughes sneaks in, steals the Undertaker's urn, and beats the living shit out of poor Paul Bear. Gave him the sidewalk slam and lays Taker and Bear out with this urn here and steals it. The first man to steal the urn was actually Mr. Hughes. And the gun- <laughs> Gonzalez just disappears all, all together here. I don't know what the hell happens. He held him up for him long enough to get blasted a couple times with the urn. He's like, I'm out. See you later. Yeah, he's just <laughs> there. He goes. He's gone. He's just <laughs> he gone. stepped out. I'm done. Yep. They probably told him to get the hell out. It's not about you. And it, what's so funny is we know Gonzalez and Taker are still working the house shows. They have the match coming up at SummerSlam, and that was that was planned. But somehow we're already moving into the feud with Mister Hughes, and a day before a pay per view, no less. Very odd. Everything just very weird here. And it makes this next match even more weird, considering you're putting Mr. Hughes into the King of the Ring tournament. He shouldn't be doing any jobs right now, but you have him there with Mr. Perfect. Oh. I just, oh, poor Paul Bear. <laughs> and, of course, we know Paul Bear is going to be out here for, for a while now, selling that beatdown. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, the outcome of this match or why he's even in it. Yeah, it just seemed like they wanted him in, like Vince, it seemed like a last-minute Vince thing here, like, we gotta get him in there because he's Mr. Hughes. But it just seems like they could have done without him in the actual, that that angle they did at Superstars was enough to keep Mr. Hughes over. Even show show the video here on the pay-per-view for whatever reason you want, but there was no reason to have Hughes in a match here. Just, it didn't make any sense. Why not just have Doink? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that, that would have been a good do one. It, so let's just... Let's just put you on the on the King of the Ring. Both of you make it. Yeah, that would have been a great idea. What's that? We'll get a winner at the King of the Ring. That would have been made more sense. This would work if if uh, Mister Hughes just got fed up and then just beat the shit out of him with the urn and got DQ'd to keep him over. I just don't like the pinfall here. No, and I think the doink, uh, I don't know, you know, the way they did it with the draws and everything. I don't know if that was the best way to insert them both into the actual tournament, but I think he would have been a perfect choice to have advanced. Perfect. Oh, nice. Right on, right on, the, right on uh, Mr. Hughes. Right on the money. The rag lands on Mr. Hughes' shoulder. I love it. And there goes the gum. As we get ready for this next match, the winner of this match will face Bret Hart in the next round. Another idea they could have maybe 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 you do this and I don't know if you know if this Sean would have agreed to it or if he even had had say back at this point but what if you did the Sean over Crush and Sean fights Hennig here the belt's not on the line and then it's an easy way to get Hennig a pinfall on Sean going into SummerSlam without the title changing hands. That makes sense too. That would have worked, but then Crush is out. I don't know, like. This was, just wasn't thought thought through very well, I don't think. Now, luckily, we get some good matches out of it. This is not one of them, but I don't know that no. even I don't even know that uh, Mr. Perfect can work this miracle here against Mr. Hughes. Yeah, I'm, it's just so odd. Yeah, you have the guy lay out the Undertaker, steal his urn, huge angle. He's getting ready to work a program with the Undertaker, no doubt. And then you just kind of throw him in here, and it just, uh, it's, uh, none of it makes any sense other than it just felt like Vince was like, we got to get Mr. Hughes on the pay per view, pal. Look at that. <laughs> nice wow. arm, Greg. Yeah. The big cat, Curtis Hughes. Look at Henning. Drop kick. Boom. There it is. Oh, come on. You got a bump. Bump for the drop kick. 
I like it that he didn't. <laughs> well, he did just, use the ropes. He did, like, did, did do the old boss man. I, I prefer that more so than the guys that just stand there and kind of move yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I do like I that. You there, he's he's. I don't know how smart he is to the business at this point, but he's protecting himself, knowing the outcome. And he's bumping for him too. Yeah, Hughes. Yeah. I think Hughes uh, knew to protect himself some, but I mean, he come came from WCW. He'd worked there for a few years. I think he even had a very brief run right at the dead end of uh, Ganya's AWA, if I remember correctly. Ooh. Of course that that's that was Axel Forearm. Did anybody see that? What's that, <laughs> Mr. Hughes? The, the end of AWA. No, the, the end of AWA. Uh, if you it's watch like the ESPN, phone you, in the yeah, woods. Yeah, if you watch ESPN on Mondays, like my my shitty ass did, then yeah, you saw it. But uh, I don't know that anybody else saw it. What was that? Uh, Wayne Bloom and Mike Enos? No, that was after that. That was even after them. That was beyond them. When did they end? I remember watching them. I've seen it mentioned that they they lasted until the beginning of 91. I know they were on TV until some point in 1990, the later half of 1990. Uh, It just wasn't very much (laughs) much to it. Sergeant Slaughter feuding with... uh, the Russian brute who would be WWF jobber at the same time. So I mean, it's uh, no wonder, no wonder he jumped over to, to Vince in 1990. Right. Absolutely. Money to be made. Was Yoko on there at the end? I don't know if he was there at the dead end. It's hard to say because that was just like random people. Whoever showed up, you know, it's like you who showed up today. You're on kind of deal. <laughs> Oh, my God. Even Larry Zabisco had to bail there at the end, you know? I mean, so. And that's his father. Well, it's, it's time I'm to sure, call it quits. I'm pretty sure Vern just said, you need to go make some money for my daughter because <laughs> I can't pay you. Probably. Right. Oh, <laughs> well, he's got him by the tie. Now, dominating. I didn't even I didn't even think of this. We got two guys uh, now rocking a tie here in the business, IRS and Mr. Hughes. I understand the Mr. Hughes gimmick and everything, but man, how restrictive is that gear? Yeah, I can't imagine. Oh, nice bump out of the corner. Loved whenever he took that bump. Hennig with the uh, flip out of the corner. Like he got shot in so hard, he (laughs) sprung out. He's doing his job selling for Mr. Hughes. Yeah, I always wondered that. I mean, obviously, IRS, I felt bad for him because we already know how much of a sweater. Wait a minute. Uh, Bret Hart on here. Because... Uh, you're talking about endurance-wise. I think Mr. Perfect can go the distance with just about anybody. But as far as uh, Mr. Hughes go, you're talking about kind of going in a brawling type match. And uh, I think I got to go with the endurance. I'd rather wrestle somebody with endurance and go for the wrestling, go for the wrestling holds. All right. So obviously you're going with Mr. Perfect in, the, in this one. Yeah, and, and for the fact that I think I like him better. All right. Thank you very much, Brett. The Hitman Hart. You know some, Ross. So Brett Hart uh, being asked who he would prefer to wrestle here. That was kind of unique. Insert promo there from Brett yeah. backstage, and he chooses chooses Mr. Perfect, who will probably become offended by that. You think I'm the pushover? Of course, I don't want to go with Mr. Hughes because he's a brawler, and I'm technical, Steve. So, <laughs> I want to yeah. go with the endurance. I wanna, like, that makes a lot of endurance. sense. I want to go with the guy that can last longer because that makes fucking sense. Wow. Well, I you want to get in the ring with the dude that's going to be blown up in five minutes, and you can oh. do your wrestling. That's right. That was- 
<laughs> Look at this satellite. That's tremendous. Once saw Mr. Hughes uh, in the mid-90s at an indie show, standing at the curtain waiting to go out, smoking a cigarette on the way out to the ring. Like, not like big show smoking a cigarette comedy shit, but like literally like couldn't even stop smoking and just long enough to wrestle. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I, I don't want to go with endurance. Let's go. Let's go with not endurance. Let's go with the brawler. Not the Brooklyn brawler. Let's go with the opposite of endurance. Oh, Hennig going to the rolling. You know, this match for what it's been uh, has not been as bad as I remembered it. I thought it was like a, a giant clusterfuck. And so far. It's all made sense. Hennig is sold for him. Hughes hasn't looked terrible here. Those punches are horrible. Yeah, those were those look like I don't know about endurance there. Those look like gas punches to me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Boom! Okay, blast him with the urn. That's good. Right in front of Earl Hebner. Yeah, DQ, but I just don't understand. I forgot about that. Yeah, why would he? Why would he do that right in front of Hebner, though? I just don't understand. The, I don't understand. I'm glad that was the finish. We didn't need anybody pinned here. But at the same time, just one shot from the urn right in front of Hebner. And Hughes just not, doesn't even seem like he's upset that he's eliminated. He has bigger fish to fry, man. So, so far, Undertaker's beaten Kamala and Giant Gonzalez of Harvey Whippleman's guys. Uh, so, Mr. Hughes. Well, he hasn't beaten Giant Gonzalez yet. He's got. He's still gonna lay him out. So yeah, I guess Harvey has to go get dressed up, so uh, he has to get out of there. Undertaker has many more <laughs> things to fear from Harvey Whippleman in the future. Well done and Quang guys like that. <laughs> Quang, <laughs> The Rock, right? Yeah, semifinals. Bret Hart and Mister Perfect. Looking forward to that one. I know I was back in '93 when I first saw this. First thing I, I thought too. of, <laughs> first thing I thought of was the SummerSlam match, which I just absolutely loved. Oh yeah, that's one of the best. Dude has no back; he's out there, million bucks, making Brett yeah. look like a champ. Yeah, you wouldn't even know it. And I'm saving everyone the uh, the grief here of listening to Mr. Fuji cut this promo with Yokozuna in the back. For those wondering. What's going on on the show right now? Hennig picked up the win by disqualification. Hughes blatantly hit him across the side of the head with the urn right in front of the referee, Earl Hebner. So perfect advances. Hughes didn't even look too upset. It's like, why were you even in this tournament if you didn't give a shit? But not everything makes sense here in the WWF. He's a hitman. That's all. He has a one-track mind, and it's The Undertaker. (laughs) Bam Bam Bigelow on his way to the ring here. He's going to take on Hacksaw Jim Duggan in this next match. I should mention, we talked about uh, Mr. Perfect advancing after three matches with Doink. Of course, Mr. Hughes beat Kamala to advance. Uh, Here it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Papa Shango, and Bam Bam Bigelow over the, uh, well, he's no no longer with the company, uh, Typhoon. It was on on an episode of Raw. I think it was Typhoon's uh, final match, maybe. (laughs) Could be. Dude. Thank God Typhoon didn't make it, huh? Wow, that was he fall on his face in WCW. Yeah. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Should be a special episode. The Shockmaster episode. Yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan out, <laughs> out, out to the ring. I think this is Duggan's final uh, WWF pay-per-view. In fact, I know it is. Wow. So... Uh, 
<laughs> we talked about it here. His gut looked yes. good when he came back. Yeah. And then what when a what a what a glorious the gut tapings, he had the gut. Right. It, it looks smaller for the pay per view. So he must have trimmed down just a hair uh, before the pay per view. In the uh, prior you know, to if the you look close TV enough, tapings. it looks like he has one of those uh, fat packs on. Kind of one of those things you just uh, like a girdle type thing for athletes. Say they call it a back brace, but really it's it's that's not what it's for. It's to hide the gut. Oh, you think so? Eh, I don't know. Either either way. Hacksaw, boom, having fun with the board. And USA, because Bigelow is from Jersey, obviously not a part of the USA, apparently, at least in Hacksaw's world. Well, this should be another interesting one. Let's see how this one turns out. I'm very intrigued. Bigelow, he's ready to go here, doing some uh, <laughs> somersaults before the match. Bam, bam, Bigelow. <laughs> those guys, and those smart marks in the back are having a good time. I'm enjoying their signs. I don't think I've ever noticed them before. Yeah, I mean... They got a bunch of them back there. There's a lot of signs here. I'm just not used to seeing... Whoa, Duggan standing toe-to-toe. He's not going down from a uh, Bigelow tackle. It's like it's it's like they know in Dayton that they're never going to get another pay-per-view again. So they're going to have a good time. <laughs> never in the history of life. Well, that's not true. ECW, ECW. Heat Wave was there. So they got they got a pretty cool pay-per-view a couple years there. 98, 99. Mm, ran him over. Well, I mean, I know I mean, what you big meant. Big time. I know what you meant. Bigelow bumped to the floor pretty early here. I was going to say, if Duggan can't take Bigelow down, it makes no sense that he knocked Yokozuna off his feet. So I'm glad there, <laughs> there's a little bit of logic here. Right, yeah. So we got this match and one more match here in the first round. We know it's either Duggan and Bigelow versus Tatanka or Luger. At least theoretically speaking, that's what it's supposed to be at this point. It's kind of interesting the way this is going to go, too, because if you listen to some of the promos and the storylines going into this pay-per-view, it almost seemed like a far-gone conclusion that Lex Luger and Bret Hart would advance to the finals. Luger even outing the finals is, when I get to you, Bret Hart, in the finals, I'm going to you know destroy you and become king of the ring. So it seemed like they were foreshadowing uh, Luger and Bret here in the finals. Of course, uh, we'll see what happens. I wonder. I wonder why they changed their mind. Well, never mind. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know that they. I think we I, know why. I, I think we know why, but I don't know that that was ever the plan. I just uh, it seemed like the obvious uh, where, where the go to. Duggan not only can he not slam Yokozuna, apparently can't slam Bigelow either. Failed on that attempt. Well, he, he went into the turnbuckle and hit his side, and he's selling it. So I think well, that's why him. he can't. Duggan selling something. Can't. You know what's so odd. He seemed to be fairly capable still, right? I mean, gosh, what was his last real storyline? He worked Randy Savage at the end of 89. What did he do in 90? Some off and ons with the Earthquake and Typhoon or uh, Dino Bravo in between Hogan. Just some matches, not necessarily a feud. Uh, he, he helped turn Nikolai babyface, and he hated Sergeant mm-hmm. Slaughter, had a couple matches with those guys, but it wasn't really a feud. So he really didn't do much of anything for like the last three years. <laughs> And then they finally give him this this run with Yoko out of no out of the blue. Of course, that was to set up the whole Hogan thing. I would have to imagine, or at least something something to do with that. And now, yeah, now he's advanced into the King of the Ring pay per view as well. And he got a mini Raw feud with Shawn Michaels over the for IC the title. title. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Duggan really done more in the last uh, half year than he's done in the last three years prior. 
<laughs> Which is odd so because he's far years. worse here in 1993 than, than say, 1990. That's what happens. Uh, that's still what happens trying to lose half your roster. Yeah. Duggan tries to Who's slam Bammer. <laughs> this time he lands <laughs> on top. I know they're all gone. It's time for that whole new fresh wave of talent. Vince is walking in the dressing room. Who's left? Duggan, you're up. <laughs> yeah, and there's still another 12 to 15 guys gone between uh, July and then the first week of September. So there's still a whole <laughs> max ex- mass exodus still on its way here at the WWF. At least there's like a pool of wrestlers that are out there that you could pull from. I mean, now you really don't have that. Well, it's because they already took them all. There's all these other indies or these big. Well, they're not indies. These big companies. Off the ropes. Ooh. Well, there's AEW and whoever the hell else is running. I don't know. I don't know all these these people today. These. Uh, oh, I don't either. Impacts. I'm just. I just mean it feels. I feel like. Uh oh. Well, like the problem is, those dudes are working the indie style. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here we go. Still selling work. them ribs though, Steve. You good, you pointed that out. Misses the three point stance. Goes head oh. first into the turnbuckle, and Hacksaw is down. Missed the three-point stance he's charge. Position. Oh, he's going to do the finisher. Boom! Diving headbutt. One, two, he's three. He's doing the job on the way out. I like, I like that we get the definitive finisher with the finisher, knowing that Bam Bam Bigelow is on his way into the next round. It makes him all the more uh, credible of an opponent. Head? How the hell did he cut the back of his head? Who the hell knows? He's in the ring with Hacksaw. Anything could happen. <laughs> Look at that dude. He's all done up like Tatanka. <laughs> <laughs> I, so Bam wow. Bam Bigelow now, the third match over with Bam Bam uh, advances, Steve. So we're down to just one more King of the Ring first rounder, and that's Tatanka and Lex Luger. Remember Tatanka advanced <laughs> over the giant Gonzalez. <laughs> Look at this fucking Motley crew. It's the Steiner brothers, the Smoking Guns, and terrific Terry Taylor. In a tuxedo. He's wearing his uh, tailor-made man suit there. <laughs> probably is. He probably oh, is. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm Terry Taylor. I'm so awful, they kicked me off TSN and Spotlight and gave it to Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, my God. Somehow, though, he still has a job somewhere. can't remember where. Is it? It's NXT. He's not, he's not with Vince. NXT. He's in NXT? Oh, yeah. Wow. He's like, uh, how the hell is it? He's a stooge. He is the ultimate stooge. <laughs> Not only did he stooge on everything in WCW and the WWF, but he stooge to Meltzer going back to the eighties. He was one of the ultimate stooges. It was revealed real to, uh, to Meltzer. Oh, that's where I get all that fake info. Yeah. <laughs> because he was the fucking red rooster and he didn't know what was going on. So he had to make shit up. That's why everything was incorrect. <laughs> Look at Luger. We're gonna have, we're gonna have, to have a lot to talk about with this one. This shit is terrible. Oh man. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the narcissist Lex Luger in all his glory seemed perfect for a, to be a king. He's already got the robe, and he's uh, taking on yeah. Tatanka. Too bad, like. Too bad it's like not not nineteen eighty nine Lex Luger. Yeah, at least they got the, they Smash brought back the uh, the big mirror for the pay per view, not that little shit mirror he's been working with on TV. 
as he checks himself out there. Tatanka, I mentioned advanced over the giant Gonzalez. No, that wasn't by pinfall. It was uh, disqualification. And Lex Luger, uh, with a count-out win over Bob Backlund, knocked him about 10 rows back into the aisle way with the forearm. <laughs> Classic. Good shit there. Oh, boy. I love uh, the beginning of this match. And, I don't remember anything about this match. You know what I remember about this match? That I haven't watched this match since I watched this pay-per-view live. I remember I would skip it every time yeah. I did watch this pay-per-view. So uh, everything this about this match, is, I can only imagine between the two guys in the ring. If Lex Tatanka was looking for Tatanka. A match against a jobber. Yeah, I know. Think about the next time these two go at it. It's a, at a SummerSlam. And it's no no better. It's a lot. <laughs> I don't uh, know. If it's, I think it's a lot better than this. <laughs> oh, it can't be any worse, I'm sure. They probably only get like eight minutes instead of 15. Yeah, we're in for a doozy here, folks. We'll try to entertain you here. We'll come up with something as the, the, the match <laughs> gets going. It's funny how quickly Lex I think I think this was it. Was this like the nail in the coffin for this narcissist gimmick? Did Vince watch this one and go, we got to do something different with this guy? This is not working. Uh, I just, it's so weird because Luger, this is Lex Luger right here. This gimmick is him 100%, but... It's like a cartoon version of him, though. Like, if they just let him be an asshole, dick, prick guy that loved himself, that is 1989 heel Luger versus this over-the-top, you know. Oh, here we go. He's looking at you, Steve. He's smiling at you right now. (laughs) Steve, do you want my autograph? No, you can't. No, you can't. (laughs) I just... uh... I don't know. It, it, the promos didn't work for me. His the way he wrestled didn't work for me. Like he he came to the WWF and quickly just phoned it in. Like he saw what he could not have to do anymore and said, oh, "I'm cool with that." I, I would have to say on the list of wrestlers that that would that would uh, do that, he has to be near the top of that list to realize I don't have to do anything besides pose. This right. is perfect. This, yeah, is, this is what I've been wanting to do since 1985, 86. Is that it, really? Is that the screw right there sticking out, or did he... You see it? I wasn't even paying attention. I'm sure if that's what it looked like, it very well could have been. But, yeah, so for those who aren't who don't know what's going on right here, the Fink has announced that Lex Luger either wear this forearm pad or uh, he will have to forfeit the match. So this is where we see the debut on TV of the forearm pad uh, to cover the steel plate because it looks like it's going to do a great job. That little thin pad there. Over the forearm of Lex Luger, he attacks Tatanka. Ooh, nice. Shit cans him right away. But uh, Luger agrees to finally put the thing uh, on. It was against his wishes, but he, wa- he wants to try to... Tatanka uh, <laughs> throws, throws the mirror on him. <laughs> Luck- luckily, that thing's made of, like, plexiglass or whatever the hell that shit is. So it doesn't break. <laughs> that's the only thing I remember that's decent about this match. Is and then, then, and then the bell the rings. On him. Luger trying to take a bump out of the ring. Oh, we, wow. Oh, he made it. That had to, that had to be it for, he's like, that's all I'm doing. I'm done. It looks like, it does look like uh, Mr. Perfect has gotten to the tassels, man. He has nothing left. Yeah. I, I think at some point he's probably abandoned the, the tassels at this point. I'm sure. No, they're there, but it looks like they're <laughs> trent. They're cut all, all short. I bet you Luke Perfect did it. <laughs> Pulled them all off and then cut them. 
Well, it's about time for a gimmick change when when your gear is all ripped up, I guess. <laughs> Tatanka so. dancing at Luger very early in the match. Would have been nice if we went home there. But alas, that's just not meant to be. <laughs> Definitely not. Lex taking a lot of bumps early, so you know what that means. That's kind of scary when Lex is taking this many bumps early on. That means there's going to be a whole lot of downtime very soon. So it's uh, one of these guys going to go on to fight Bam Bam Bigelow. Now, common sense would tell you, geez, this seems like a perfect setup for Tatanka to wrestle Bam Bam, but at the same time, you're thinking maybe Lex is going to end up wrestling Brett later on. So this is kind of the question mark. Was uh, was Luger really initially supposed to advance here? That doesn't make sense because he wasn't going to wrestle Bam Bam, and I just don't see Hacksaw beating Bigelow here either. So a lot of weird questions. I, I don't know that Luger was ever supposed to advance. Yeah, I don't either. I can see Duggan. I can see I him can't. going that route if that's what they if if that's what they wanted to do with Luger. Get a definitive win over Tatanka. But that would have ended the streak, too. The only thing cool Luger's been doing lately is uh, pouncing guys with his fucking forearm, just <laughs> knocking them out, side, side-swiping them with uh, no, no, no caution whatsoever, just blasting their face off. That's been fun. I don't even remember yeah. that. I, I, like, literally until we went through either. and did this, I don't remember him ever doing that. So to see him doing it every week now, it's very enjoyable, but it's like, now you're going to get rid of the move after it, after it looks cool? Right, right. Yeah, Tatanka kind of throws a wrench in everything too with his undefeated streak. So if if you have Luger beat him, then it's over. Which is then Duggan has to be Bam Bam. Yeah, I just don't see that happening in a first round of a tournament either. Throwing that away. Yeah, and then if Tatanka beats Luger, he's going to have to beat Bam Bam, and then where do you go? (laughs) To Brett, he's not going to get out of that. So you really, this pairing is. Tatanka being in the tournament is just as bad as Mr. Hughes, really. Yeah. If you're going to protect the undefeated streak. Yeah, Why good call Crush there. get in? Yeah, there's another. Oh, there's Bam Bam. He's uh, looking over. Let's see what old Bammer has to say here. In the semifinals. Well, we all know who I want. I want to get my hands on the Indian. And then I want to go on Jim Ross and become king of the ring. Don't you think that Tatanka has his sights set on you as well, sir? (laughs) Well, I sure hope so. Tatanka might have the upper hand in this match. He might not. But he better be ready because if he advances, he will advance no farther. Crossbody by Tatanka and a near fall there. Thank you. Well, that was a nice break uh, from the monotony of this uh, armbar fest here by Tatanka. Tatanka's clearly been uh, talking with Tito Santana. Yeah. So Bigelow obviously looking forward to trying to get Tatanka, the Indian Tatanka in the ring. I was watching some face-to-faces where uh, he continues to call him an Indian and Mean Gene and Ray Rougeau, they have to correct him. He's a Native American. He's not an Indian. I don't don't know what to say to that, especially back in this time frame. I have no clue. I don't know what you say to half this stuff they <laughs> try to get thought they get away with back then. Good lord! Well, that's not to me. It's as offensive as some of the other things that Lawler and the gang come up with. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, what I there mean. he is. Like, it's not just the wrestlers; it's everybody. Jeez, I never thought I'd see the it's, day I wanted to see Lex Luger on the offense, but here we go. 
He has a little bit more offense than Tatanka. <laughs> so does everyone else on the roster. <laughs> oh boy. Talk to him. He's he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Which one? Both of them? I was over. My gimmick was over. No, oh, Tatanka. Tatanka. His yeah, gimmick he was, was, was over. He didn't over, need man. the title. That's right. He didn't need the title. His gimmick was good enough. I don't know about all that. Well, but he was to undefeated, their own. Yeah, he was undefeated, man. Luger with a forearm drop to the, for like a, the, the stomach. <laughs> for like a thousand matches. He, he wrestled a thousand matches in two years. Wow. Is that what he uh, said? Something ridiculous like that? I'm sure. I have no doubt. I've heard other guys say nonsense. I, you know, I, I, I don't really listen to the Tonka do shoot shoot type things, so I'm not too familiar with the, his his ego. But I just I, it doesn't shock me. I just remember like the news sites running with it. Like if if he had a thousand matches in his undefeated streak, then that's he has to wrestle like three point six times a day <laughs> to get to that number in the time that he was undefeated. Yeah, it's it's twice and, a day at least. Yeah. You're not doing triple shots, Tatanka. <laughs> well, let's see if he can even get past Lex Luger here. Luger with a uh, lackadaisical cover. Come on, Lex. These guys are blown up, man. Yeah, they are. Luger's winning. I was worried about that Tatanka. when I saw. I said when I saw Luger take all those bumps at the very beginning of the match. Oh, there's the old jumping elbow He's drop sucked. from Lex. Might be the first time we've seen that here at the WWE. Yeah, Look at him. He's <laughs> gassed. I will say, this is like the best Lex Luger looked, man. We talked about that in the Grenade on 89, how he looked really good as soon as he turned heel, and then all of a sudden he just hit the roids and got way too big for his own good by the end. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, he claims in his book that he was off the gas the whole time in the WWF. He wasn't on it at all because they tested too hard. No, man, this is all Ico Pro, man. Yeah. you got to want it. Yeah, well... Yeah, but it looks it. He looks trim and thin, and obviously he still has his physique, and he worked well, out like crazy. Here, here's, but... the, here's the thing. He was doing something. I can't say if it was steroids. I know the HGH was a thing here that they weren't testing for necessarily as, as much yet because it was still new. I don't know if the dude was on anything or not at this point. I do know between here and SummerSlam, you'll notice a major difference. He uh, trims down quite a bit. And uh, I and it wasn't this wasn't from Meltzer. I can't remember who I heard say this. I don't remember if it was Jim Ross or someone else. But Vince wanted Lex off of everything, uh, heading into this big thing with Yokozuna because he was the next Hulk Hogan, and they did not need some kind of big thing coming down if Lex got busted for steroids or anything. Uh, with Vince, with Vince already going to go to trial, and Lex going to be the next Hulk Hogan, they didn't need anything coming down like. Lex testing positive for anything. So you'll notice him really shrink from even, even before this, he's, he's already shrunk some already, but by SummerSlam, he's just kind of ripped and, and a lot leaner than even this here. So it's, uh, it's interesting to, uh, wonder what Lex was doing here in, uh, in the middle of 93. I don't, I can't say for sure. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how good his word is. Um, well, I don't know about his word, but his memory also. I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, I, I, I these guys remember knows. what like, they remember. He was. He was. I mean, he was pretty thorough and detailed in in his steroid use in his book. Right. It right. was very. 
he he knew his cycles. He knew when he was on. He knew when he was off. He went to jail. As soon as he came out, he said he got my drink. So like he he like he immediately started back up on the drugs and alcohol as soon as he got out of jail. Like he got picked up by a friend, and he's like, "You got my drink." So uh, he knew what he was doing. I I know he got jacked and he was huge, but I never really picked. Like he doesn't look like a British bulldog or an Ultimate Warrior to me. So, no, not those here. guys are like the poster childs for HGH. So uh, that's that's kind of my thinking. But I, he does always he's always looked trim and thin in his WWF run compared to you know we've seen him at the end of '89. Like my God, <laughs> dude, just lay off the gas. God, I remember seeing him at the end of his WCW run his nine, after he turned heel and won the belt oh, yeah. in '91 Super Brawl. My God, he was like immobile, gigantic. Yeah, I mean, he looked awesome. So, <laughs> uh, he looked huge in that interview at WrestleMania Eight. Like, yeah, his chest he was, was just uh, sick through the roof. Yeah. So, um, you could you could easily tell when Luger was on and off because it didn't take him long in WCW when he went there. He said once he got to WCW and saw how lax it was, he was right back on it. Right. So. Within probably two or three months there, he was back to the moon. <laughs> I think those, he did six weeks on, six weeks off. That's how you're supposed to do it, I and believe. And he did that. That's, I think that's how he, the cycle works. He did that works. continuously. Yeah, that's how the cycle yeah. works, I believe. So <clears throat> for those not watching along right now, you guys are missing uh, arm bars by Tatanka, now Luger in control with the uh, chin lock of Doom, and he's punt kicking Tatanka at this point. And falling over himself. <laughs> yes, tripping over himself. <laughs> as he lays in the boot. Obviously, he wasn't a punter in the CFL. Just uh, walking around kicking Katanka now. I don't. I don't really know what else to say about this match. I'm trying to think of something else completely different to talk about. It's we like know- he has <laughs> no clue how to do like wrestling moves. It's just punch, kick, and armbar. Yeah. Which is odd though, because he did more than this that. in WCW, so he knows a little bit more than this. He just forgot it because he's like, I haven't had to do shit in so long. Oh, here we go. To be fair, he hasn't had anybody in the ring telling him, hey, do this, do that. Because he's he's been open about that, too. He he did not like calling matches. He didn't want to do it, even though the hill's supposed to. Comeback time is Tatanka with the award dance and the Chief J Strongbow deal. Here we go. Boom. Lighten Luger up. Luger's going to have to take some more quick bumps. Yeah. Tatanka really laid him in, like you said. And boom, there's another one. Go, oh, damn, damn near fall off of a chop. Big Wahoo <laughs> chop there. I'm not saying Tatanka's uh, Ric Flair. Right. <laughs> but it's like one of my favorite matches is Luger and Flair at WrestleWar 90. That's kind of the bar for me when it comes to Luger. And I'm just like, where is this guy? <laughs> where is he? <laughs> Oh, man. If you don't remember, Lex even had a pretty damn good match with Tommy Rich in 89, and that was almost impossible to do. So, I mean, yeah, this is yeah. this is uh, a long way from, from 89 Luger. But, again, it's Tatanka, and you, you only have so much to work with there. It's chop, 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 and papoose to go. And here it is, the tomahawk chop out the top. Tatanka going up for a second one here. Is Lex going to – oh, ducked out of – oh, no, went for a crossbody. Oh, Luger out of the, the way. Crossbody. Yeah. Misses the crossbody block. Luger out of the way there. 
We've got to be getting close to the time limit. Please, dear God, be close to the time limit. That wasn't a question. That was that was uh, me begging. We've got to be near the end of this time limit. <laughs> well, <laughs> Look, we're just the match started. It. We had like two hours left, and now we're at an hour and 50 minutes left. So, Boom. Uh, we're getting there. There's no way they go five more minutes, right? It's a gimmick 15, right? I think it's a full 15 or close to it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Oh shit! That's bell to bell, right? Not yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, just, yeah, just bell to bell. Okay. Wow. And this next match goes 19 minutes, and <laughs> it doesn't feel like that at all. No, no, it's actually good. <laughs> it's like why not? Why not give them a little extra time and take take it away from this match? Uh, I, I, I was never a fan of shaving time off of a match, gimmicking the time. But in this case, I'll. Uh, it's an exception. I would. I would happily welcome. <laughs> they didn't want Meltzer to trash him for gimmicking time limit draws. Sure, that's that's what it that's was. All, that's all. They just wanted him to trash this match for going fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. I don't know what he says about this one, but I can't imagine <laughs> it's very good. Wonder what the star rating it's is up on here this a one. little bit. It's picking up a little bit. I'm well, not they're, saying they're, it's turning into something decent, but they're no, going because home they're yeah they're doing moves now. <laughs> yeah. There was that uh, 12 minutes in between. That's what sucked. Yeah. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just boots. Like, why are you working the midsection when you're just going to knock the dude out? So when, when should you be working the head? Well, my, my, uh, issue, here, my issue here with, with WWF and the time limit thing, because they rarely ever even use the time limit deal during the, the heyday, the Hulkamania era and beyond. Oh, there it goes. There it is. The That's what I was gone. talking about. Back in the day, in WCW, Gary Capetta would count you down. You knew where you were. Ten minutes remaining, five minutes remaining, one minute. They didn't do that in the WWF. The bell just randomly sounded out of the blue, and even the wrestlers would be like, the fuck? Because there were no earpiece shits going on back here in 93. So it's just like, oh. I think they would have culminated with something better than what we got there at the finish of this match if they knew they were running into the time limit, rather than just, um, well, nothing, basically. And this match goes to the full 15. It's a 15-minute time limit draw. Nobody advances. So you can get rematch. You can get multiple matches if you're in the qualifying right. match. <laughs> but once you make it to the actual tournament, you get one chance. There's no sudden death. And I'm, gl- I'm grateful that there's no sudden death. Luger having a word here with Tataka. I came here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to be the king of the ring. And I want five more minutes. Not a give it to him. Can't, no, you can't. Yeah, he wants five more, but... There's a tournament. There's it's so much a- involved here. But I think they should because he was ahead on points. Well, I'm sure the fans would love to see five more minutes, but that would not be fair to the other. He, he, oh, he took the pad off his arm. He, he took the pad off his arm. Knocked him out he from behind. Blanks. Awesome. Very unheel-like for the heel to uh, want five more minutes here, but he just sets the Tonka up to knock him out like a fucking idiot. So I'll take that. That was good shit. It might have been the best thing Luger's done so far his entire tenure here in the company. <laughs> Tonka starts the war dance, and he just lays them out cold. <laughs> That's great. That was awesome. <laughs> it's like, why didn't you just start the match with that and then just rule it a no contest, and we could have we moved on. It would have been great. Instead, we got 15 minutes of shit before he finally lays Tonka out. I loved it, though. Tonka out cold. Uh, you know what that means, though, Steve? That means Bam Bam Bigelow 
gets a bye in the semifinals, which means Bam Bam goes straight to the finals of the tournament, as we see her on the screen nice. now. Nice. Yeah. Good Bam Bam going yeah, straight to the finals. He's going to wrestle either Mr. Perfect or Bret Hart. Very interesting. I don't need endurance, Bret. That's I'll get a bye to the finals. <laughs> oh, boy. Tatanka what, back. You know, you made a good point about the 15 minutes and nobody, like, knowing the finishes. Right. And these guys, these WWF clearly doesn't know how to do 15-minute time limits because, man, that Jake and Rude at WrestleMania 4 mm-hmm. is the complete shit. It's worse than this one. Well, they were in, well, let's pick this interview up. We'll talk about that on the other side. It's Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart. These men have advanced to the semifinal round. Gentlemen, before we talk about that, let me reiterate. Neither Tatanka nor Lex Luger are going to be advancing to the semifinal round. Bam Bam Bigelow was to have met the winner of that match. However, he gets a pass, he gets a, a, a bye, and he'll go to the finals to meet either you, Bret Hart, or you, Mr. Perfect. Before we talk about that particular matchup, Bret Hart, did you not say earlier on that you would prefer to wrestle Mr. Perfect over Mr. Hughes, and why? Well, I just wanted to wrestle Mr. Perfect because I have more respect for his you, wrestling You think ability. he's an easier opponent than Mr. Hughes would be? No, that's not what I said. Yeah, that's that's not what I, over I mean, is that what you said? I think no, you I, probably kind of intimated that, well, really. Well, you maybe took it the wrong way. What I meant is that I, that I respect Mr. Perfect's wrestling ability, and I'd like to go in there and have a wrestling Wait, match. Wait, no, you said, you said you prefer the endurance as to the size and strength of Mr. Hughes. Is that what you said? No, I didn't. I, well, if, you, if I, you, I you said that. You could have got by Mr. Hughes, what you're saying. No, I, I think very well I could go to pa- get past uh, Mr. Hughes. The fact that I think I can get past you. But the thing is, I respect Let's talk. Hold on. Wait a second. Guys, please. Let's draw a couple of analogies. Both of you are second generation wrestlers. Your father, a great one. And of course, Larry the Axe, a great one. But did the two of them ever meet? I'm very curious. Yeah, they met. My dad beat his dad. Your dad never beat my dad. Hey, I remember SummerSlam, Hart. I owe you. And tonight I'm going to pay back. And don't ever say your dad could beat my dad because he couldn't on his best day. Hey, gentlemen, I want to know no, one thing. Like does this king of the ring... Problem. Just a second. But does this king of the ring mean that much to both of you? Is it going to be a scientific match or you're going to throw the rule book out the window? Let me tell you something. My style has never changed. I'll do what I have to to win because why I am a winner. Okay, Brett. You weren't in SummerSlam. Wait a minute. Are you suggesting... Uh, Look, all I'm gentlemen. saying is the king Please. of the ring is the most important thing in the world to me right now. And I am going to win. All right, very good. I thank you, uh, gentlemen. Just let me put it this way. May the best man win. Gotcha. Just like I'm going to get you out in the ring. Just like I'm going to get you out in the ring, Hitman. I'm Mr. Perfect. I am what I say I am, and that's perfect. What you're saying is the mutual admiration, the respect, all of that, the friendship are out the window. Everybody knows this is the king of the ring. It's for the crown. And I'll tell you what, Hitman. All you Canadians are alike, and I'll tell you very plain and very simple. I'm Mr. Perfect. I owe you for SummerSlam, and tonight you're going to get it, Bret Hart. Mr. Perfect is going to prevail. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I popped so hard when I first watched this, and he said, I'm going to get you for SummerSlam, because they didn't used to reference things that far back. Shit that far back two years ago doesn't exist anymore. In the, in the memory of the WWF. So when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. Because I was a bizar- bigger Mr. Perfect fan. And uh, Brett O for 2 here, as far as babyface va- baby promos, he failed with Piper and he failed with Hennig. These guys own Bret Hart and these promos. Are you surprised? <laughs> no, not necessarily, but it's just funny. Brett's the only one that's ever been put in this situation where he's, and they're almost kind of comical without meaning to be comical. Well, Piper's was definitely meant to be comical. 
But these guys had some fun there as well. Talking about Stu and, and uh, Larry Hennig, obviously, as well. Mean Gene, the shit stir there, trying to cause a lot of trouble between Hennig and Hart going into this one. No shock there either. No, definitely not. Good thing he was there, because if it wasn't, if he wasn't, man, who knows? <laughs> who knows how that would have went? Yeah, that could have been a, a huge He definitely wreck. led them. Yes, he definitely he, led them. He did. And it was fun. And Hennig gets a little extra at the end there as Bret Hart makes his way out. That's why I like it. Um, these guys, it was just good. It was different for that time frame, time, that era. A lot of guys didn't really be in the, together like that, like you said, other than Piper up to this point. So seeing them right there and they're friends, they want you to realize they're friends, but friendship's out the window when the when the King of the Rings is on the line. So good stuff. Yeah, and I go back to that, that comment about SummerSlam, too. It shows that Hennig still has that in the back of his mind. I'm sure if, the, if it was the roles were reversed, Brett really would still have that in the back of his mind. Oh, I'm going to get you back for the, the SummerSlam. And, uh, <laughs> Brett has the hands taped, the fingers taped this time. So yeah, we're going to start the cell jobs. Yeah, because Razor was stomping those fingers in the first match. And so every match uh, Brett wrestles here, he's got another injury, another nagging injury moving on. And it starts here with the fingers after the Razor Ramon match. It's just getting more sympathy on him. That's the idea. And I like it. <laughs> not, Either that or Razor just, really stomped his fingers. It could be that also. Who knows? Yeah, it's just those little things that very few people do or even think about. Especially make, now. Sell. You yeah. want to sell from match to match? I don't even want to sell in the same. I don't even want to sell in the match I'm in right now, much less fucking a match from an hour ago. (laughs) Right. My God. That's like the whole. That's wrestling is selling. Oh, dude. I don't know how or I I just don't know what the hell Mr. Perfect's made of. He moves like no one else ever. Nothing and, ever uh, throws him off the way his body spins, contorts, whatever. He just spins right to his feet, right into he just feeds right into the next spot. He always he always knows where he's at mid spin. He knows where he's coming up, where to be. It's fucking awesome. Is there is there anyone else who's ever been like him? I don't That's know that like any. That, like you, know, the, you, you always hear the stories of and... well, you, well, I don't know about that. You always hear the stories of Ray Stevens in his prime would probably be the closest it would come. I I don't know what year or when or I don't know. I couldn't tell you the details of where I read it. I just know like Meltzer was talking about Mr. Perfect and wondering if the overselling and the way he works would work in Japan. And I'm like, who gives a shit? Yeah, that would be a that would be a Meltzer problem, a predicament. Oh, could that work in Japan? Who gives a fuck? I mean, I love Japan. I love. I mean, I loved watching all Japan and, and even the New Japan stuff, especially the classic stuff in New Japan. But what the fuck does that have to do with Mister Perfect here in the United States right now? Like, would it work there? Who gives a I shit? Just talking about him, like, like, I, yeah, that was my thought. I'm like, but it's Mister Perfect. I think it, he could get it to work anywhere. He's good enough to adapt his style, and like, I think he overly does it every match you know, in the States. But I think if he was over in Japan, he would slow it down and not do it every single well, match. He's been over there. He knows multiple what's expected times from in the match. Him. Yeah. So I, obviously I think it could work. He's not a, ter- he's not, a, he's, this is going to sound stupid, but he's not a terrible worker by any means. He's right. one of the best ever. 
He's going to make it work. Brett's stealing another Virgil classic there, the crucifix. I'm stealing all of Virgil's moves. (laughs) Virgil, I think it's the other way around, but uh, I love the crucifix pin. Virgil Virgil couldn't advance because he wasn't part of the qualifying matches. He was robbed. (laughs) We need to get Virgil on the show. We do. I wonder what he would charge. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) Me. <laughs> what if you reach out to him, just have him cut a promo for Virgil of the Week? Well, I'm sure he cuts promos for money. He's probably on that cameo shit. I'm, I'm matter of yeah. fact, I know he's on that cameo shit. Yeah, I'm not paying Virgil to I'm do not, anything. I'm not paying Virgil to do anything either. <laughs> make his uh, <laughs> make his uh, Olive Garden money somewhere else, <laughs> and he tosses right? the hitman off. Boom! Now, look at that cell right oh. there by Henning. Jeez. I flip back and always said he has springs in his feet, man. His feet are spring loaded. God, those headlock takeovers are, are a thing of beauty. Whenever these two are in the ring, I've never they seen really a takeover are. like that. It's almost like Steamboat's arm drag, but with a headlock. It's amazing. Yeah, Brett does the entire spin in the air, and Hennig flips over, rotates with him. I was so excited. I remember the Royal Rumble when he came back to the WWF, WWE at the time, I guess. Oh, my God. It was 2002. Yeah, and true. he got in the Rumble, and it was like he, he still had it. Like, he was still moving the way he used to. It, it was better than he ever was in WCW for right. whatever reason. And um, it's so unfortunate that the plane ride happened, and then he just couldn't get out of his own way there at the end. But... Well, it's not Man, like they were using him properly. I was so excited. It looked like they were going into a Hennig Steve Austin feud immediately uh, for a week or two on TV. And then they just bypassed that and they kind of had him doing jobs to the big show and whatever and cheating to win. He had to cheat. The, the gimmick was he wasn't perfect anymore. He was cheating to win. He st- they started giving him new vignettes, the new sports vignettes, but he would like cheat. So like when the guy wasn't looking, he put the ball in the Ooh. hole and oh, there we go. Standing drop kick. So it's like at first they were like bottom rope there. They were ready to give Hennig a big push. And then they just kind of second guessed it. It did suck though, that he he got axed after that nonsense plane. Actually, that made me hate hate Brock Lesnar. I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I I just basically wonder if if that was going to be the start of something, you know, make him look bad and, Make him find I don't know. I'll tell you what. I was really impressed that he did the perfect plex to uh, a very large big show at that point in time. And I bridged and everything. It was very impressive for 2002, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm wondering, you know, like you said, it was pretty hot on him coming out of the rumble. But I wonder if they realized, like, man, this dude's messed up. Like something. He's bad (laughs) still. Like his demons. So, like, they just pulled the plug on it, but who knows what the circumstances are there, why it changed so quickly, but then we got a massive pop, and then he spit the gum out when he's about to get eliminated. <laughs> I was marking out, because it was totally unexpected. Oh, there's the knee lift. Lays it right in. To heart. It's so nice to get a hidden gem like this in the middle of a pay-per-view. You're not expecting it because, well, you're not used to seeing face versus face, but on top, but on top of that, I mean, we don't know the matches of the next round going into this. So was it cool when we were st- staring at the brackets going, man, Mr. Perfect could wrestle Bret Hart. We don't know that going in. So to just get this without any build was pretty damn cool. 
And then the, the promo built built the match, I think. They yeah. did an excellent job. Like you said, mentioning SummerSlam and their dads and everything else. Because this show's on uh, Father's Day, uh, 93. So right. um, bringing the dads into it made sense for that for that reason. But um, no, they did. That's what tournaments are cool. You, like, you look at the WrestleMania 4 bracket. Uh, your mouth starts watering. Oh, we can get Steamboat Savage rematch. Oh man, he was he was aiming for the rail there. It's a little too far away. Yeah, but obviously that didn't happen. But this one did. You look at this one, you're like, oh yeah, here we go. I want to see this again. So selling that knee, and it. I mean, I almost kind of buy that. He landed pretty nasty there. Bret Hart was trying to take that bump, which we we were accustomed to see him do. He did it with Diesel when he went through the table. He's done it with Owen when Owen knocked him off the, the, at the Survivor Series under the rail. But the rail just too far away this time when Hennig knocks Hitman off the apron. He goes f- flying, but he falls short and lands on a box, and I don't know what the hell is over there. That's like an ice box. And it had yeah, like an elevated handle, too, so it's like <laughs> it could have landed. He could have hit his side on that and really did some damage. Yeah, so uh, that, that's that's not good when you're already walking into this with an ankle injury. I don't know how much of an ankle injury injury he actually had here because he's not really favoring it at all. No, it's probably taped up pretty thick, though. He's probably shot up that's with some cortisone, too. <laughs> Who knows? Hennig with another knee lift. Brett's staying in this, though, because he's technical, baby. Ooh. Nasty right hand. Uh oh, perfect going. Is he going for his old drop kick? Are we going to see the old uh, Hennig drop kick here? Get out of the way he jumps off of this, too, is like, it looks like a 55 pound man mm. jumping off. Like, it just looks so easy. Like, air. He, he's like air. He walks perfect. on air. Perfect. Nailed that missile drop kick. Yeah. And then Brett actually has to put his foot on the ropes to escape the pinfall. So I like that little addition there. Instead of kicking out, oh, Ooh, and there it is, the mess. the chest bump into the corner <sighs> by the hitman. Hitting it, getting a little Oof. frustrated now. I hate it. Are we going to see the heel <laughs> side of Mr. Perfect come out? Because Hennig is uh, looking a little frustrated there. Brett taking that nasty-ass shot in the corner, though, chest first. Huh. I always say that. I, 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 it's just, it looks bad. It looks oh. like it hurts. Hennig getting crotched. Looks like a superplex from Bret Hart. Look at Perfect. Barely even got his feet on the ropes. He's just going to let him jerk him over. Ooh. Both guys down now. That'd be a good question to ask, like, Bret Hart or anybody that wrestled Mr. Perfect. Was he as light as he looked when throwing him over? Like, my goodness. I think, doesn't Bret call him his favorite opponent? Like, his favorite guy to work with? Yeah, yeah, he does. So I'm sure Brett's going to call him a night off. Oh, there it is. The classic Mr. Perfect uh, selling from the leg on his head every time. <laughs> Uh-oh. Brett looks like he, oh, I'm going to figure four maybe. Yeah, working the leg of Mr. P and got the figure four locked in. I love it that it's Mr. Uh, Perfect selling. That's what I'm saying. I love that it's face versus face because if that had been Ric Flair or a heel, Hennig wouldn't be selling like this. But instead, we get this great sell job by Mr. Perfect in the figure four because he's working another baby face. Nope, right to the eyes, though. 
Well, you do just do about anything to advance. He's trying to get to Bret Hart's eyes. Do what you gotta do, Mr. Perfect. Get out of that right. hold. He's reaching for the ropes. Is he gonna turn it over and grab the ropes? That's the question. Let's see what we got coming Such up here, too. Shit. So Bam Bam advances already. So he's wrestling the winner of this. That's uh, Brett or Mr. Perfect. We know that in the finals now. So I think up next after this one, so I'm glad we got something good here in between Luger and Tatanka because the next match is Hogan and Yokozuna. So <laughs> see what happens there, too. <laughs> it's the best match on the card coming up, yeah. man. Hogan and Yoko. I can't wait. Oh, I thought this was the best match in there. <laughs> that would definitely is. <laughs> oh, I don't boy. know. I'm sure. Brett Bam Bam is pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and we, we, we did that watch along not too long ago, the European Rampage Tour watch along. And Brett and Bam Bam yeah. had a really good match on that. It's really saved the entire card. The card was kind of mediocre at best. And then, boom, mm -hmm. Brett and Bam Bam. I mean, it was worth the entire show alone. They, they really did a great job there in the main event. So they've they've had some experience working together on the European tour. Ooh, Hennig lays it up. Great, yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Heel to the nose. That'll that'll break a hold every time. So I know you, you you joked about it, or we talked about it a little bit off off the air about Brett's comment of wrestlers today work like him instead of Hogan, and I'm just like, dude, these guys today don't work like you at all. <laughs> right? They don't sell. <laughs> Like your whole gimmick is. What selling, are you watching? Right? Yes. Like, your whole gimmick is everything hair. makes everything Ooh. makes sense. That, that's his whole gimmick. Everything makes sense. There's a reason for everything, right? Yeah. Uh, that I don't know what indie wrestling he's watching right now, or any wrestling for that matter. Everybody like, wrestles really like me, thing. not Hulk Hogan. Like me, the apparently Bret Hart created that. telling a story and making sense in a match, uh, not the uh, five thousand guys that came before him. I mean, he perfected it, I'll tell you that, but it doesn't mean he's the first or the only, but I think he's just going based off of, like, a lot of the comments from wrestlers. Like, Roman Reigns has said he likes to pattern himself after Brett, CM Punk, just guys like that, so he's just picking up on what others are saying, but I, I will say, I think Roman is the closest as far as telling a story inside and outside of a match. I think he's pretty damn good, but... But he's not every... technical. <laughs> Just not every move matters like it did with Brett. But <laughs> right. that uh, nobody, I don't think anybody takes the business as serious, Brett, serious as Brett Hart. <laughs> Got so, that right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, he's just in his own, uh, I don't even say in his own world. He's just in his own uh, fucking uh Shrine, know, shrine just, to himself. Anyway, that's for sure. I just it has it's it's his it's his upbringing. Uh, I just I don't know. That that's the only way to explain it away is it was his entire life. It was how his family. But was did he always always take it that seriously? Don't you know? Think about uh, the Slammies where he's up on stage did. dancing with the Anvil, and and some of these other things. You know, uh, these promos used to cut when they. Uh, talking about the U.S. Express and Mark Mike Retardo and then things like that, and and then you know things just got so serious after a while. <laughs> I think he got I jaded think... uh, from all those years of waiting to to break out, and there was just this giant chip yeah. on his shoulder to where he just didn't know how to have fun anymore. It seemed like 
Uh, getting Ken Resnick fired. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Ken yeah. Resnick. But at least he got to grow his mustache back, I guess, huh? Oh, shit. I, I was watching. When I first seen that, I was dying. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. He just, they just kept on getting him to say it and say it and say hey, it. <laughs> hey, Ken, what do they call a female bulldog? Uh, a bitch? <laughs> say it again. <laughs> a, a bitch. Ken Resnick, you're fired. <laughs> what was that? A bitch. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Poor Kenny. He he did okay in that spot too. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't mind him. I didn't mind him either. You can't say bitch in nineteen eighty six. Oh, but you can say all the other shit that they were saying. Yeah, man. Okay, it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> Those weren't bad words right, yet. Well. Oh, everybody Ooh, went. Wow. Oh, I always loved when he oh crashes right himself the on the post. Great stuff. Classic Kurt Brett getting tossed by the hair earlier. Look at him just sliding, man. I'll say it again, man. He makes the mat look like an ice rink (laughs) when he moves. Like sometimes it's it's just like on air. I never seen anything like it. Brett going back to those five moves of doom again. Still in Hogan's leg drop there. Yeah. Well, Hogan is the best there is, was, ever will be. Just ask him. He said it in that promo. <laughs> that, I'll do I'm your sure move. that pissed off. Oh, I can't imagine. If, if he was listening, I'm sure somebody had to tell him. Oh, I, I, somebody told him. He had to have heard that. It, hell, it replayed like three times. You heard it on Superstars Challenge and Raw. So there's no way he didn't hear it. I'm too lazy to go get the soundbite, but I, I encourage somebody to go get that, that, that promo or that soundbite and play it for Brett now. I'd love to get his take <laughs> his take on that right now. Oh, my God. Oh, it looks like he's going for the sharpshooter. Oh, he's going for the fingers. Love it. Yeah, that's great psychology. Remember, the fingers are taped here from Razor Ramon stomping on him earlier. And it goes to the fingers. You don't see that all. Usually the eyes, the throat. Something like that, but he goes to the injured fingers of the hitman. Really good stuff there by both oh, guys. I love it. Yeah. Man. So good. That's what this makes this is just so, awesome. It is it is great. Hitman looking for that sharpshooter, and Hiddick's felt that before. He remembers SummerSlam. He wasn't gonna Oh, here we go. Now you're gonna see. A perfect plex. Brett holding that leg back. He's not letting him hook it. Trying to get to the ropes. Hook that foot around the bottom rope, maybe? No. Nope. Oh man, here we go. Oh, here we here go. We go. Here we go. Brett reverses the suplex. Oh, the bump to the floor. Oh, Great job. God. They're still holding each <laughs> other. It. Did we make it? Are we okay? I've never done <laughs> that before. before. Yeah. Oh That's God. That was nothing for, for Mr. Perfect. <laughs> but Brett Hart's like, oh, are we all right? I've never done that before. Brett, Brett's the one had to snap his back and neck to get over. Perfect <laughs> just falls, you know. Look at, the, look at him. Give him a standing ovation, though. That's excellent. That's excellent shit. It's excellence of execution, baby. <laughs> oh, man. That was excellently executed. Oh, moved out of nowhere. Inside cradle. Brett oh, turns it over. Too. That's great. Oh, he gets the win. Hennig with gets the inside cradle. Yeah. Hennig locks on the uh, that small package, and Brett rolls it over. And Brett Hart picks up the win, locks it all up, hooks both legs, and... That'll do it, Bret Hart picking up the win there. What we go? About 19 minutes there, 18 minutes, 56 seconds. Bret Hart advances, and I was a very sad guy 
right at this moment as my guy just got eliminated from the tournament. That was awesome. You think when Brett's having no a handshake down, there, just Steve. pops on. What's that? Just pops on the king. If, if Brett's having like a, a sad day or a down day, do you think he just throws on King of the Ring 93? Well, oh, yeah. either that Here or WrestleMania <laughs> 7 with the Nasty Boys, another one of his faves. Oh, <laughs> there he is, Bret Hart advancing to the finals. He's going to wrestle Bam Bam Bigelow How yet again. Mister Perfect didn't want to didn't want to congratulate Bret Hart. I'm not sure. Does he get back in here and there? What, what are we going to have here? How the hell do you have all those matches with the likes of the Bulldogs and the Rougeos and the Rockers? And you say your favorite tag match is the freaking Nasty Boys. I don't know if it was his favorite tag match, but it was like uh, one of his like favorite favorite WrestleMania match or something. I'm not sure how they, how he worded that tag tag match was. Uh, Here geez. we go. <laughs> now they're still friends. <laughs> Mr. Perfect shakes the hand of the Hitman. I think Brett remembers that fondly because that was the night that the, the, the Heart Foundation was over. Permanently, like, oh, I'm finally a singles. Yeah, that's probably why he remembers that or likes it. <laughs> oh, thank God the no nasty boys came me. and took those belts off me. I mean, no off us. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to Owen now. now. Now it's Owen's turn. He can carry Nightheart. <laughs> eh, oh, Nightheart. Nightheart, the bastard, that rhino. Macho, <laughs> Macho is marking out after that match. Oh, I'm sure he enjoyed it. That's very uh, much up uh, Macho's he, alley. That was some him. good shit, pal, right there. It was really delicious. I liked it. He's ready to get back in the ring. Yeah, like, get me in there. I don't even want to be out right, right now. now. They didn't let me in here. I wanted to I wanted to qualify. Thumbs up, says he the was, Macho Man. He really enjoyed that. He was really digging that. Dig it. He did. He did. I love it. Was, it. He didn't even have his hat on, man. He's just, oh, this this creeped me out the first time I saw it. Because I was like, I, is that his out. fucking I face? I was like, is that Hulk Hogan? This is the creepiest is, shit you'll ever see. Jimmy Hart's jacket, like, breathing, basically, and Hulk Hogan's face on the screen. Of the, I don't this, know. And they pan out, and it's a jacket. Yeah, I don't know who his airbrush guy is, but that is some uh, high-quality artwork right yeah. there. It may be oh, creepy, it, but that it, is tremendous. It's creepy as shit. I remember thinking at first, is that Hulk Hogan? That's how good it is. Yeah. That's how good it is. Yeah. It's that authentic. Well, we might as well pick this promo up. Going to represent the whole country of America. And these, brother, are the heavy-duty artillery that's going to shoot Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji right out of their nest, brother. Right here in Dayton, Ohio, the heartland of America. There is no water around us. There will be no sneak attack. I've got Yokozuna right in the center of the ring, brother. And the power of the Hulkamaniacs, the power of the little Hulksters. This is where Hulk Hogan's power lies, brother. All the training, all the prayers, all the vitamins. Five times I'm WWF champion. I will remain that way, Mean Gene, after I test the power of Fujijoko Zuna. Five-time World Wrestling Federation champion, no fluke. Uh, but of course, I should remind you that Mr. Fuji's going to be in Yokozuna's corner. We all know what he's capable of. Tell him about Mr. Fuji, Jimmy Hart. You know, all over the world, everywhere Jimmy Hart goes, people want to know, what's it like to manage Hulk Hogan? What's he all about? This man has red, white, and blue running through his veins. And he was born and raised in the USA. And Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna, when you talk about the flag, and when you talk about America, 
It's like a slap in the Hawkster's face, baby! When you think about the Purple Mountains, Majesty, the amber waves are green, the red, the white, and the blue. Hulkamania is right there with it, brother. That's because the prayers, the dreams of America, and all those little Hulkamaniacs are going into that ring with me tonight, brother. It's all on the line right here in Dayton, the heartland of the USA. And as I step in that ring by crook or by hook, I'll put that big man down. What you gonna do when America and the largest guns destroy you? There's no water around, so apparently no sneak attack from Yokozuna here. Nice line there by Hulk Hogan. Jeez. And then uh, did you catch those uh, those lyrics from Jimmy Hart there? Red, white, and blue running through his veins. He was born and raised in the U.S. of A. Very interesting. Foreshadowing. WCW, apparently. Even all the way back uh, here at King of the Ring. <laughs> That's the first time I noticed that. I'm like, oh, yeah. that sounds familiar. That's, <laughs> it did. Uh... It did. <laughs> Jimmy's like, oh, we got to get you a new song. Hey, you remember that King of the Ring interview? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good Off. shit, pal. Off to the ring, uh, Yokozuna with some uh, Japanese photographers behind him, of course, because, yeah, you got to do that. How come they didn't do this at WrestleMania 9? Well, I'm not really sure, because it wasn't such a big deal, maybe? I don't know. Like, that dude right there doesn't stand out with the fishing jacket, a long-ass fake beard. beard, yeah. And like six different colored shirt. Yeah. Um, he's not obvious. So here it is. Yokozuna robbed of the WWF title after Hulk Hogan's harebrained idea at WrestleMania brother. Hogan decides he's going to beat Yoko in a matter of a few seconds. He promises to drop the belt back to bread at SummerSlam. And then like five minutes after winning the belt, he goes, nah, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore, brother. And so now we have this, this is what we've come to is uh, the rematch between Yokozuna and Hulk Hogan here at King of the Ring instead is Hulk's pretty much done with, with professional wrestling at this point. And I think uh, the, uh, the Hulk Hogan uh, fan uh, is about to be, if he's not already, should be front and center in the front row for this, uh, this one. Yeah, he's already there. You can see him back there. Yeah, they, they moved him, as you can see, for this one, <laughs> one particular match. Needless to say, he's not there for the remainder of the pay-per-view after this one. However, I encourage everyone in advance upon watching the three count of this match to look directly at that fan's face. Watch his face as the three count takes place. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And there's your uh, photographer again. That's the most awkward looking lens I've ever seen in my life or I flash. I believe that's what Harvey Whippleman, right? Yeah. That's why okay. I said he had to get dressed earlier. Let's, let's hear Hogan's pop. Let's see if he gets one. Well, we'll Want to hear what? Sure. Oh, here we go! Listen to this! Not a bad pop, but it's it's Hulk Hogan on a pay per view in an era where he didn't really appear all that much. Uh, not making excuses to why he gets a pop here. It's also uh, a lower town, 
So they don't even get, they probably never seen Hulk Hogan before, barely. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got the B shows and the C shows. Like, man, yeah. I, I miss most pop. of them. Yeah. Pretty good there. I, I just, I never understood this Jimmy Hart thing. Okay. If you want him as your legit manager in real life or your, your gopher or whatever, that's one thing. But to force him to come out here, it just never made sense. Not any baby face really typically doesn't need a manager, but Hulk Hogan of all people. Uh, with a manager, just never worked for me whatsoever. The only good thing here is there's no Brutus Beefcake at ringside. He seems to be completely gone, which is good. Right? Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why he needed Jimmy Hart. I never really liked it. It didn't make sense to me either. All this, all these years, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> he's your boy. Like it makes no sense at all. I question things a lot. I wasn't a naive kid. Remember when Slaughter went from Iraqi sympathizer, he hated America, he tried to murder us, to I want my country back. Everybody else just starts popping for him. I'm like, why are we why are we liking this guy? Because he said he's sorry? This guy just tried to kill us like two months ago. Well, you know, and here again, right, yeah. Jimmy Hart, I watched everything he did for, for years to so many people. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I was always wanting to be a Hulkamaniac, brother. You want to be a Hulkamaniac when you tried to have Earthquake murder him on, on, on the Brother Love show? I, I don't know. <laughs> Just, I, I question too many things, I guess. It's wrestling, after yeah. all. But still, after watching Jimmy Hart for years, I mean years, and then just turning face overnight, it was, it was hard to digest. And then with Hulk Hogan, of all people. I, I will say, like, out of all the managers, it felt like uh, Jimmy Hart was the one that was least going after him outside of Earthquake. But it was always Bobby Heenan year after year. It was always Bobby Heenan's guys coming after Hogan. Right. Bobby wanted to get Hogan. So in that sense, it always felt like Jimmy was the tag team guy and lower or mid card type feud guy or Bobby was your top guy. So in that sense, it, it makes a little sense, but uh, I never, I didn't, it's still, it's just like indifferent to me. It's like, it does nothing. It adds nothing. It's a complete waste. And like you yeah. said, if you want if you wanted him to be your manager, then in real life, that's fine. But why do you got to put it on TV? And maybe Jimmy didn't want to carry as many guys. Like he he had a huge stable, so he was always out there. Well, he so was just down to money. Maybe he just wanted to slow for down the last, for the last yeah. good while. But yeah, Jimmy, uh, he's I'm out sure the door got, anyway. So. I hope Jimmy. Yeah, I hope Jimmy got paid hefty here. Roddy Hogan, sure if that's his real name, in the front row there, watching his uh, buddy Hulk Hogan take on the massive 550-pound Yokozuna. They talked about, now, th- now, this is another thing I just caught for the first time. Going into this, they talked about Hogan in Hollywood. He's not really prepping for this match. He's trimmed down, right? Yokozuna's been bulking up. He's 550 pounds. When Hogan came out, the Fink announced him as at 302 pounds, which is pretty much what he always is introduced at. So they're they're not selling that he's trimmed down here, at least not uh, in the announcing. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why? Yoko is bigger, though. Holy shit. Look at his gut just from WrestleMania 9. I know. Two months ago. Yeah, it's 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 began, Steve. Look at it looks like he's like 150 pounds heavier than he was at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and he's starting to do that uh, <laughs> uncomfortable waddle walk rather than just. Although Walking. he's still he's yeah he's still uh, agile enough surprisingly to to do some of the things, but it definitely leads into uh, Yoko getting gassed and a lot more nerve holds moving forward. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. Man, if he could have just stayed at the Rumble 93 weight, my goodness. I'm curious to see the story here in this match, if there really is one or, or how this goes, because I don't remember anything about this match either, other than the finish. Yeah, which, which finish is, awesome. is memorable. <laughs> yeah, certainly is. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm looking here on the sheet, and the- it says this match goes 13 minutes, and not many Hogan matches go 13 minutes outside of the big-time matches, the, or matches with guys who can work like Randy Savage or the big match with Warrior, matches like that. Because even Andre, and I know he had the back issues and things, I think that only went like nine minutes at WrestleMania three. So Hogan in a 13-minute match, not very common. Even on the house shows, when he, when he would work the, the lower-tier monsters, those matches would be like six minutes long. The matches with the one-man gangs and, and uh, Bad News Brown and, and guys like that, those matches wouldn't go no time. So to go 13 here with Yoko, yeah. it's interesting to see what we get out of this. This is the, the gift that keeps on giving this match right here. Because <laughs> uh, once he signs with, uh, <laughs> once he signs with um, WCW, Yoko pinning Hogan is right on the cover of WWF magazine. So uh, <laughs> they use it like a year later to rub it in their face. Well, I can't say that I, I blame them. <laughs> Yoko. <laughs> so oh. I thought that. Maybe we can give away one of those. I got like four copies. So this is now that I think about it, this is Hogan's only legit match, right? He's in those stupid tag matches with Money Incorporated, and he does that 10 second match with Yoko at WrestleMania. But this is like his only real singles one on one match in this entire run here in 93. This is his first singles match since what? Sid Justice? Jesus, yeah. I never even thought of that before. Yeah. Wow. So clearly, like, I don't, clearly he didn't come back to win the title. This was not in the cards. <laughs> so, uh, he definitely pulled some, pulled some power there and got himself in this situation, but, uh, it clearly wasn't in the cards. And to show you how bad of an idea this was, cause we, we hear Hogan interviews all the time and he's as delusional as, as a human being can be. Uh, even he <laughs> admits this was just a bad idea from the get go. Yeah. This title run. So when Hogan admits it, mm-hmm. you know it was it was a bad idea. Yeah, me getting the belt was and a bad idea, dude. You never hear that out I'm of sure it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's changed over the years. He probably loved the fact that he screwed over Bret Hart and did this whole thing, but now he's trying to find ways that he can Ooh. make himself sound better. <laughs> I know he mentioned it in the icons with Yoko, how it's just a harebrained idea. Wasn't the smartest thing, so uh, he's just downplaying it. But it is what it is. Yoko misses that uh, butt avalanche in the corner, and now Hogan finally gets an opportunity to uh, land some really terrible-looking punches in the corner here. Those were awful, just awful. Yeah, they were. Oh, I threatened to hit Hebner. That is the evil Hebner, mind you. So Hulk still has has it up for him (laughs) all these years later. Following Yoko in with the clothesline, Hogan's running out of moves already. Yeah. Better be careful. He's going to try to slam him already. Not going to happen. Yoko says no, no. I, I will say, this is all I'm going to say, because uh, it's hard to defend Hulk Hogan. You know I'm a fan. but Yeah, I'd say. I, I, would, I would much rather be 
Hulk Hogan with the ability to do absolutely nothing for 15 minutes and make millions of dollars for everybody compared to doing what Bray Hart had to do and never really draw a dime. So um, it's not always about wrestling. It's also you got to be entertained. Oh, entertained financially, Hart, the, financially, who who would want to be anybody but Hulk Hogan in the business other than maybe what Stone Cold? I won't even say The Rock because I don't know yeah. that The Rock made as much money as Stone Cold did in the wrestling business. Now I know he's like worth more than a half a billion dollars. But man, I dude, mean, I, if you look it up, like he he just didn't have the extended run that Austin did. But when no, Austin definitely. was out after Survivor Series '99, uh, 2000 was like the biggest year, and that was The Rock on top. So I, you can almost make the argument that Rock was the bigger star. But I'm just she saying, really overall, that merch, that 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 Austin merch, I, I feel like wrestling had already peaked by by the time that 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 happened, though. Like I feel like even though it was still huge, I feel like that Austin era was really, really the the peak, the the merch, the stuff I saw on the streets everywhere I went. Yeah, was 316. Like you're cool if you had an Austin 316 shirt. Yeah, like you're a cool guy if you had yeah. that. <laughs> like that that was the shirt that and the nwo shirt the original nwo shirt yeah that's funny Those you said that were, that's like exactly what i was thinking there was there was a situation <laughs> and i don't remember why or what the hell was going on i just know that my girlfriend from high school was at the mall and i needed to get to the mall and i didn't have my car and i don't remember what the, the situation was i had to take a damn bus luckily the bus ran straight down the street from my house all the way directly stopped at the mall and on the way, I looked outside, and every human being, I'm not lying to you, Steve, 90% of the humans I saw walking between my house and the mall, which is about a half-hour bus ride, was wearing a Austin shirt or a NWO shirt. 90% of the population on the street. And I said to myself, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe exactly. I'm like, is this fucking, and I'm getting mad at all these people because I'm like, I've been watching this shit since day one. You people, there's no way all you fucking people, that wasn't cool to even talk about wrestling. Until like a year ago, or right, <laughs> right, I yeah, sixth grade man, I was the coolest kid in t in class <laughs> because I got the pay per views and I shared the tapes with people, <laughs> so they could watch them for free or whatever. And somebody told me he's like, "You really think these dudes are your friends? They're just using you to get the pay per views. Once they're done with wrestling, they're not going to talk to you." And sure enough, by eighth grade, those kids weren't talking to me. They moved on. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of like it's like when rock concert t-shirts come in style and that sort of stuff. Uh, unless you lived it, you really don't know. And uh, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I just, I mean, man, the guys that could do very little and make millions, there's an art to that, just as there's an art to the way Bret Hart tells the story in the match. <laughs> I mean, it's not everybody could do it clearly, because if they could, yeah, it, then it worked for Hogan, but it'd be in the hole that they're in. This almost feels like CGI, like somebody has cropped Hogan out of 1989 and dropped him into this ring with Yokozuna. He doesn't even look right here in, in this era. And I, I almost marked out. I thought Yoko was about to do it. Yeah, I know, because he knows what's going on. <laughs> but it's, it's well, so I mean, funny. It's just like, look at this. Look at this. just dancing. This doesn't even look realistic here. Yeah, the promo was even half-assed, I thought. I didn't think there was a whole lot. Uh, to the promo, he's he's trying to fabricate a USA gimmick, and it wasn't working. I, this entire he came back, it just did not feel authentic. It was like I think it was a test run to see if he was still over to a degree, 
and to see if he still wanted to do it. And I think after that first night on Raw, he just didn't get the reception he thought he would. And the houses sucked for the most part. Right. And he kind of saw the writing on the wall and he checked out like almost immediately. And because it just doesn't, it, it felt like. And you could tell we Vince had moved it. on from him as the main eventer because the, the whole reason they gave him the belt was because they thought he was going to help get bread over uh, long term. Yeah. Yeah. And we we talked about on prior grenades. It just feels like oh, he's shooting you see Thunder that? in Paradise. <laughs> right. And, it was hilarious. Oh, I got to do a promo. <laughs> um, Yoko's got this beer hug on Hogan. And the crowd's dead. And this Roddy Hogan in the front row, he turns around, looks at the crowd, he raises his arms, like, come on! And and nobody's doing anything, and he turns around and, and defeat, like, fuck, man, nobody nobody cares. <laughs> like, so Hogan was <laughs> over on that entrance. That entrance got a pop, but I don't know that it, the crowd's not really, doesn't, they don't look super enthused right now. Not that they're giving him a whole lot to be enthusiastic over this bear hug spot. Nice back elbow. No, but I, I get what you're saying. Basically, the entire time Hogan's been back, he's been in Hollywood. Doing Thunder in Paradise, yeah. and I think that's the well, whole issue. He's got like, Mr. Nanny coming like he's, out. He's got Thunder in Paradise. He thinks he's going to still make it here. He's still hopefully he's going to make it in Hollywood and and screw wrestling. Yeah, and I think it, like his promos just felt like he was being bothered. Like, okay, I'm trying to film this show. I don't want to do this promo or this interview with Gene. So he's like half-assed it. Like he's just not into it. It I mean that's that kind of just sums up everything. Uh oh, look at Yoko getting up for him. God bless Yoko. Just letting Hogan throw him off, so to speak. Hogan doing the Hulk up. We've seen this before. Not even from it's the like bonsai hand clap. It's like he's doing a hand clap push-up when he jumped off, got popped off there. Hogan wise oh, enough boy. not to take the bonsai here. Yeah, he's smart. No thanks. He, uh, he, know, he knows that uh, Yoko could uh, screw job him there if he wanted to. But uh, I guess based on the finish, it wouldn't really matter. Here we go. Crowd's going nuts now. Yeah, they haven't seen, get to see this too often. The Hulk up. Straight into the punches. But can he slam him? Will he That's slam the same him? dude that was at... I was going to ask you earlier, is this the first time we've seen Rowdy Hogan? But no, he was at Survivor Series 91. Oh, he was at WrestleMania 7. As far back as I can remember, at least. Yeah. That's the, Horner winning the first time he showed Boom. up. Big boot, yeah, good question. Obviously, sticks out to Seven Hogan. Could be it. I think I think he's discussed that before. I think I think that's uh, that information's out there. I think he's talked about it on his social media and stuff. I just don't remember any of that right now. Hogan boot after boot after boot, but Yoko's not Yoko gonna go down. Going down. Hogan, I mean, now he goes. Down. I was gonna say Hogan waiting. He doesn't want to have to slam him, so he's just gonna keep booting him off the ropes and down with the leg drop. One, two, Yokozuna kicks out. Barely. I mean, Hogan jumped up, but Yoko, Yoko really didn't move. His feet. Nails Fuji. Oh, Lord. <laughs> They're marking out now for the body oh, slam. Who, who's this camera uh, Who's guy? this guy? Let's let's take a listen to this finish. I want to hear the crowd noise on the finish of this when we get to it. But, oh, Silence. Jimmy Hart getting kicked by the cameraman. Hogan doesn't like that. Oh, fireball to the eye. Let's let's pick this up and watch Roddy Hogan's face. This camera exploded in Hogan's face. Yokozuna drops a leg on Hogan. Yokozuna on the leg hook. Two. Yokozuna. Three. We got a new Three. champion. We got a new champion. What the hell happened? Obviously, his camera exploded. 
one. Let's go to Howard Finkel. Oh, that poor defeated Roddy Hogan in the front row. His mouth just wide open, <laughs> motionless. He told, he told Yoko, F you. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is the end of Hulkamania, as you know it here in the WWF. The, the Hulkamania era, era if, you, if it wasn't over already, it's officially oh over now. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> Hogan already up on his sitting up. <laughs> He's got the fireball to the eyes because he had to incorporate that into the finish, brother. Couldn't get pinned clean, clean, dude. And it's never explained, this whole fireball gimmick. It's just forgotten after this, really. But Yokozuna like pins. Fireballs? <laughs> he must have. He took it from Slaughter. Yeah. So that was the deal. But I love it here. Uh-oh. Yoko's not done yet. I love the fact that he pinned him with the leg drop, though. Just the ultimate fuck you to Hulk Hogan. It was, it was great. Pinned him with his own Does finisher. He oh, he must. Awesome. I, I, uh, it's one of those things. It's like you just forget about it because it's whatever. Yeah, this is not something <laughs> like, I, I watched. <laughs> here we go. Bonsai drop on Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Boom! That's it. And here comes the... Uh, oh, that's a light, that's light one. He's holding on to the top rope. That yeah, he, he took care of him there, him. but Hogan's still doing that twitching nonsense that he would do. Do it again. Just write him out. I think he does. Jimmy no, Hart, no, Jimmy Jimmy Hart pulling him. him out. Rene Goulet makes the pay-per-view. There he is. There's your boy, Pat. Yeah, crowd going banana. Dave Dave Hefner. Is that Road Dog right there? <laughs> Road Dog. <laughs> it kind of looks like look at that little right. boy. His heart is broken. This Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. Nice. Better sell that on eBay. He'll love this him in three to, three years. I know. I mean, right. those, those things uh, those things are expensive as hell, man. Holy that shit. That sucks. I had all of them, and I sold them all for peanuts years ago on eBay. Went, oh, well. <laughs> Boom, there Dude. it is. The Fireball. Macho's getting like $180 now. He used to be a cheap one. Hogan, Warrior, and Savage were always the cheap ones because they're the most popular. Right. right. Now not, they're like Warrior's even $180. So Hogan's Once, the cheapest. Yeah. Hogan, uh, well, I could, I could see why. There's got to be a billion of those. Yeah. Yoko, Yokozuna, though, the new WWF champion. And this time there's nobody out here to, to, for Fuji to challenge and call a yellow belly. So Yoko going to retain the belt for quite a while. And Hulk and then Hogan. And you sell it as a fluke. You caught him off guard. Everything. And I think outside of, a, outside of a couple house shows uh, and a European tour or, or some type of tour, Hogan's gone. That's it. Where It's the end of Hulk Hogan on WWF TV anyway. Till 2002, an, right? Yeah, he's an afterthought. It's off to uh, eventually off to out. WCW. That's right. Hogan gone for a, a long period of time here, and the uh, Japanese paparazzi <laughs> celebrating the Samoans win, as he pretends to be Japanese. <laughs> and and so oh, does Fuji. Boy. Fuji from Hawaii. Yeah, I love so, wrestling. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I wonder him and Morocco got along so well. Oh, yeah. So much fun. I, I was at uh, Fuji's Hall of Fame induction with Morocco. That was a good time. <laughs> 2007 in Detroit. That was a good one. Oh, Terry Taylor going to talk to Kurt Hennig. In video, I know you're disappointed. It was a great, great match. It's too bad there had to be a loser. How do you feel? I mean, King of the Ring and Bret Hart. What do you mean? What do you mean? How do I feel? Of course, I don't feel like a million dollars after just getting defeated. 
Bret Hart's a great wrestler. I've had many matches with him in the past. I injured my back and my fingers a little bit, and I'm sure Bret Hart's uh, not feeling too good either. But to tell you the truth, I just soon not talk about it. Coliseum video or not, I'm out of here, Mr. Perfect. You just keep your eyes open on Mr. Perfect. I'll show you what Perfect's all about. Leave me alone. Can't hardly blame him. Great match. He came up short. Let's throw it back to the ring right now. All right. Leave me alone. Coliseum video. <laughs> So this Leave is me alone. oh wait Gene now with Shawn Michaels I think this is where they finally name his bodyguard and later on for the Survivor Series of 1991 I cannot believe ladies and gentlemen what we have just seen but I believe it's official yet yeah, it has been confirmed there is a new World Wrestling Federation champion and he is Yokozuna. More on the condition of Hulk Hogan as soon as any details are available. With me right now, speaking of champions, the Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. You have a title defense against the big man from Hawaii, Crush. I'm very interested, after the night has gone the way it has, whether you believe lightning could strike twice in the same building here at the Nutter Center in the heart of America. Well, I think we can agree that lightning definitely struck once. I mean, it struck Hulk Hogan, but that kind of stuff doesn't affect Shawn Michaels. I mean, I think we can agree that Hulk Hogan is not the caliber of superstar oh, that Shawn Michaels please, is. Michaels, I mean, come on. Give me the guy break. is a dinosaur, <laughs> and Yokozuna gobbled him up like a big old brontosaurus burger. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Uh, you've been watching too much of that uh, Jurassic Park. Now, uh, Shawn Michaels, I'm very curious. We saw this man appear out of nowhere, out of left field, in Albany, New York, when you recapture the Intercontinental title, this so-called bodyguard, this uh, insurance policy, what's his name? What's his name? His name's my insurance policy. That's what it is. Oh, he's got to have a name. Does he talk? Okay, no, I do the talking. You want to know what his name is? Yeah, I'll what? give you the info. His name is Diesel, as in diesel fuel, that which makes a Mack truck go. This is a Mack truck, and this man protects Shawn Michaels every inch of the way. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Get ready for more action here at the King of the Ring right now. Let's get back to ringside. That which makes a Mack truck go is uh, Diesel. I, I guess. It, I thought it was a terrible reason. I thought he... it was a, a terrible name. I, I didn't get it at the time. I, I didn't get it at all. <laughs> obviously, it's just because you become accustomed to the name over time, I, obviously. But when this I was living this as it was yeah. going, yeah. Uh, when it was when it, when it was first going, I was like, I, "This is terrible! <laughs> like, what the fuck is this?" He's he's named after Gas. Yeah. <laughs> what What's crazy is is Shawn Michaels just totally destroyed Hulk Hogan on his way out the door. It's uh, awesome. Could you have seen Shawn <laughs> doing that in any other time period? No, but he gets to here. That dinosaur. No, that no. was great. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, after Survivor Series, you had Shawn Michaels or? I don't know. I, I can't even tell you the mid Bret Hart going on there. That dinosaur got what he deserved. Like no way, no <laughs> way. So, uh, wow, big time. I'm surprised they didn't use that. Like you mentioned earlier, Bret and Perfect using SummerSlam. I'm surprised they didn't use that to sell their match at SummerSlam 05 or whatever it was. Sean and Hogan. They could have used that. So we're getting some rushed entrances here for this eight-man tag, so they must be a little behind on time right now. we still got the Shawn Michaels and Crush title match coming up, and, of course, Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals of the King of the Ring, plus the coronation still. And the eight-man tag here is the Head Shrinkers and Money Incorporated against the Smoking Guns and New. No, not yet. Money Inc. still the tag team champions here, right? Yes. 
Yeah. So I, I stand corrected there. This is going to be interesting. I want to see what Scotty does in this match. He's coming off of a hamstring injury, and he missed about a week of house shows. So obviously he's starting, so he's so going to do, do something. He starts. <laughs> he starts, of course. He starts with the injured guy. <laughs> with the other guy, yeah. The herniated disc guy versus the hamstring guy. <laughs> The workhorses, uh, well, Rick Steiner's a workhorse. The two best workers and the the two best wrestlers in the whole match, right here. That's true. I don't know those those Samoans are pretty damn good, but as far as like, well, Rick Steiner's good too. If you're going to start getting theoretical, but yeah, they're all all four of them, all eight of them, really are decent for what they do. Some are way better than others, but (laughs) sure, right? Ninety three, ninety three, you could. As far as tag teams go, you probably couldn't ask for four better teams than these four for the WWF. It's probably the only. I was going to say, these are the only four teams right now <laughs> until men on a mission so arrive. Yeah, My God, you could even do it. Just think back. Survivor Series. Think back to Survivor Series 87, 88. You got 10 teams in there. And here, we. this is it, Steve. This is these four teams. That's it. That's the entire, the entire tag team division as Ooh. of right now. Well, he's doing a leapfrog and a drop kick, so that hammy's doing pretty okay. Yeah, clearly. Oh, and DBS with the old bump to the floor, and Roddy Hogan back to his old seat. <laughs> he's still sulking. Still sulking. Surprised he didn't leave. <laughs> Look, at, he's down there with his <laughs> DBS on his hand. DBS takes <laughs> a second bump to the floor. Oh man, <laughs> Rick and help yeah, him. Because it's. You got me checking out Hogan down there. He just has his hand in his fist, like damn it. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> it's not like he's in a depression right now. Yeah, he is. I, I, yeah, that's what I remember from this pay per view. It was uh, fun, <laughs> fun stuff watching that fan. Just... Oh, man. Anyway, Fatu getting his ass is getting bigger. If I remember correctly, yeah, it is. Fatu's getting larger and larger, like his. Uh, Cousin Yoko or Uncle Yoko or whatever the hell he is. Cousin, I guess. Whoa, look at that. Fatu. Oh, that, was, that was nice. That was cool. Fatu jumping over that, before, that sweep. No. Yeah, that was really good. Bart Gunn with a leg sweep and Fatu jumps over it to avoid it. Really good that shit there. Awesome. Yeah. Very uncharacteristic of a Samoan. I mean, in this gimmick, Samoan anyway. That's not. Mm, that's no. Not. <laughs> no sells the uh, <laughs> no face sell, slam. Man. Yeah. Thrust kick. And Bart in trouble now with both. Billy has to get out of the way there. Boom. Head shrinkers working over Bart Gunn. I was going to say, if I remember correctly, somebody, and I could be wrong, but I, I feel like somebody doesn't even tag into this match. I think it's like Rick Steiner or something. Like somebody doesn't get into the match at all. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, all four on the heel team have made it. Well, if you're watching, if you guys are watching at home, you can see the pace at which they're going here. There's no downtime and they're working really fast. Of course, Mike Rotunda comes in as I say that. So and maybe, slows it down. He slows it down a little bit, but boom, he's right back out. These guys, I feel like based on the time they're given, this match goes less than seven minutes for an eight man tag. It feels like this entire segment's rushed. These guys were supposed to get longer and then they, they use the smash. They had to cut Brett, it short. I bet Brent and perfect probably went a little too long. Well, I, I I'm not against because that. they even rushed. They even rushed the post match with Hogan and Yoko. Like, he took the bonsai and get the hell out of the ring. You're not even selling this shit. Get out of here. Well, I, th- I think that was Yoko's more Hogan. I'm not going to sell this shit. I think that was I think that was more Hogan, though. Like, I'm well, not selling I, this shit. Like, get me out of here. They're rushing his ass. <laughs> Back to Thunder in Paradise. 
Yeah, get the hell out of here. Go back to Hollywood. Boom. Oh, big backdrop. <laughs> yeah, that was not Lee Scott level height, but that's still a no, reminiscent no. of the old days of the SST. Man, they're going after Bart's nuts because Mike <laughs> dropped the leg drop and then he just dropped the headbutt. I see somebody uh, on on Facebook posted the video of uh, Sid killing Lee Scott. Uh, it's from '89, clearly, and Sid is wearing the right white trunks. They're like, why the hell did this guy sign up to do this? And I'm like, only if y'all knew <laughs> about right. Lee Scott doing job squashes. Whew. It's not yeah, even the worst of it. Unsung hero of 1989 was Lee Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Not even close. Mike Rotunda going to the top rope. I'm sure this is going to be exciting. There it is. A nice punch off the top rope. Alpha's got a briefcase. I don't know if he knows what to do with it. He's getting paid. He's trying to eat it. Yeah. Uh. Not, no, it's not, not much work. success there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's looking like if we get a hot tag to Billy, it's looking like we're not going to see Rick Steiner in this match at all. Wow. I, I never noticed that. Yeah. I, uh, write-off? Oh, no, double clothesline. Ooh. Oh, it looked like he was sitting up for the write-off there. We get a double clothesline. It's like the macho, like... Like the lay down clothesline that Macho did all the time. Yeah, I think we're uh, I think we're um, going into the hot tag finish already. Jesus, this match only clocked in at six forty nine. Why did they just pull it like they did at WrestleMania ten? You got me. Too many guys involved. I don't know. Well, that was yeah WrestleMania ten. Even more guys, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody really gives a shit about this tag division. No, here's the WWF hot tag. WWF doesn't give a shit. Billy Gunn. Because no. tag titles switching on the house show like hotcakes. Well, they're trying to Which draw we'll that house show week. revenue. Yeah, right. Stun gun. Boom. Hot shot by DiBiase onto Billy Gunn. Nice. And Gunn goes down. DiBiase going to lock in the million dollar dream. There it is. Million dollar dream applied. Billy Gunn would take this move and turn it into like a slam. Yeah, the uh, later on slam. Yeah, he did it to somebody. I was watching for some reason. I was watching TNA when I was on that kick. He was in there with the little guy, and he picked that dude up and just demolished him with that move. Well, and the fans were just going nuts and was like, "Do it again!" So he picked him up and did it again. Holy shit! It's a cool move. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. DiBiase locks in the Million Dollar Dream. Danny Davis raises Billy Gunn's hand one time, and then DiBiase just releases it. Not going for the kill here. Why would you? Do, why would you even lock in your finisher? Yeah, oh, why? Inside so one, inside cradle, two, three. We've already seen that finish tonight. Inside cradle. There it is. Look at that. Inside yeah, cradle like, gets the win, and then we get a pure eight melee. Yeah. <laughs> Wild brawl, all and uh, heels getting cleared out of the ring. Rick Steiner with the Steiner. <laughs> Ted, and, Ted, and, <laughs> Ted and Irwin's like, give me the hell out of here ASAP. <laughs> I'm not yeah. selling anymore. I, I'm good. I did the job. I'm done. And Rick Steiner does get a Steiner line in post-match there on one of the head shrinkers. What a match. Rick Steiner never tags in. Uh, not a whole lot <laughs> there. It's kind of kind of like. got paid, though. Yeah, you could have could have had this. Uh, could have Like you said, they could have just uh, postponed this match or canceled it. Really wouldn't have made much of a difference after that. But the guns picking up a, a big win there, pinning one of the tag team champions. I'm a little angry. I don't know why I'm angry, but I'm angry about something. Uh-huh. 
I love how Heenan put on like that purple tie to make himself look like royalty. <laughs> and he has like a like a patch on his jacket over there. Trying to royal it up. Well, Bobby's got to dress for the uh, occasion, I suppose. Macho Man dressed down a little, but he's got that uh, 1986 Savage face there on it, it looks like, <laughs> on his shirt. And he's wearing like blue jeans with... Shit patched on it. Oh, Jack Tunney's in the house. Oh, we don't see Jack Tunney too often. He's actually at the arena here. Mean Gene's standing by with the new WWF champion Yokozuna, Mr. Fuji, and Jack Tunney. I'm a little afraid to hit the unmute for this because of the guys involved, but let's listen to what Jack has to say. I know Mr. Fuji is very pleased about this. I thank you, President Tunney. Now, Mr. <laughs> Fuji, yes, yes. things certainly going down tonight a whole lot different than they did at WrestleMania 9. Oh, like I told you, Gene Oakland, didn't I tell you that my Yokozuna beef up for 550 pounds? You tell it. And when Hulk Hogan faces him, he will go down, 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 and we will retain the belt like we did. And Hulk Hogan and all the Hulkamanians did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of Americans very unhappy tonight yeah. here Why? at the King of the Ring. Well, because I guess you predicted something they didn't think was going to happen. A piece of Americana perhaps dying tonight. <laughs> America and Hulk Hogan is finished. Now Yokozuna is new WWF champion. I am very curious. It seems to me that an event like this of this magnitude calls for celebration. Uh, do you plan on celebrating the, the victory? <laughs> Prince Akihito is recently got married. Yes, he did. The Japanese girl who attended Harvard, Harvard. University right. <laughs> in America. So now, Prince Akihito, you and your newly bride, you celebrate. Oh, Japan celebrate. Later on, Yokozuna and myself will celebrate a later date. Not too close with that camera. Wait a minute, camera. A little decorum here, please. Why are you talking about camera? Very good. I thank you, Mr. Fuji. <laughs> and uh, I thank you very much, Yokozuna. From here, we go back to Japan. Is that the bottom line? No, 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 no. You know what? We will celebrate in America. <laughs> Big celebration. Later, we will notify all American people. What do you mean, big celebration here in America? Oh. Yes. We'll have okay. American people enjoy. Thank you. I can hardly wait for that. Right now, let's get back to the thing. Howard. This was like it for Fuji, too. He had never really managed a main eventer before, when you think about it. Like, this was his only run. He'd been there since the beginning of time. This is like his real only singles big heel. He had Demolition there for a while, but outside of Demolition. Yeah, Morocco. Yeah, Morocco, but when Fuji was with Morocco, Morocco never really got that push that he got back with that Intercontinental title run and things. But he did have Morocco, yeah. They had a hell of a time. But, uh, yeah, like, it's crazy. Went from nothing straight into the main event with Yoko. From Berserker so. to Yokozuna. I'm sure he was elated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was. Meltzer shit's all over him and Talks about how uh, terrible he is. Obviously, there's some 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 merits there because uh, <laughs> as far as promos things go, are yeah, about right. to <laughs> yeah things are about to change here in a few weeks where uh, the mouthpiece is going to get a million times better for sure. But I always thought the pairing of Yoko and uh, Fuji was was pretty damn good. I th yeah, I and think what it was the hell is Shawn Michaels wearing? I'm not really sure. I think. 
think I bought my wife one of those like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm not sure. <laughs> Doesn't leave much to the imagination if your wife's wearing it. No. Don't need much. That's the my whole imagination. Point. That's, that's the whole point, right? That's why I got fitty kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. There's nothing left of the imagination at that point. Look at Diesel coming in. This is pre, uh, pre-leather Diesel. This is Diesel during the track suit and whatever the hell he's wearing here era. Sean looks st- like he's heading to space after this. I still couldn't get over job guy Vinny Vegas uh, being this badass bodyguard just yet. But I, I, I still dug it. I like the, uh, the ad- addition of Diesel in the corner of Shawn Michaels that back up because I was a big fan of the heel Shawn Michaels. So him getting a bodyguard was cool to me because that meant that somebody could help him. <laughs> like I couldn't be there to help him. So somebody else could help him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It worked. Uh, obviously. Yeah. I don't know what the hell diesel's wearing. Jesus bedazzled a, a jean jacket. Crush came out kind of lackluster. I saw some of the crowd doing that cranium crunch, that, that thing with their hands, but I, overall, like it's just not working. And that shit with doing really just not. did not help him whatsoever. No. He was made to look like, like an idiot throughout the entire feud, and then they really didn't even do anything on TV post-WrestleMania, but yet they're still, apparently still feuding based on uh, what's to come. This. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. I, I doubt you watched it, but there was like a short, I don't even know what the hell it was under, but there was like a short documentary on the network about the two dudes with attitude or whatever. I watched it. And yeah. uh, I saw Oh, it. you did? Yeah. It's crazy when Diesel's talking, like, when I won the title, I had less than 200 matches under his belt or something. Like, that's how green he still was in 95. Like, he just didn't wrestle a lot, and Ooh, it nice showed. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> dude, Randy Hogan is still, look at him down there, salty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's still, yeah, he's got his elbow on his thigh and his hand uh, uh, resting oh, his chin God. in his hand. He's just dejected. He's done with this pay-per-view. I told you. I remember this. It's the greatest thing. Why did he just leave? Poor Roddy. Brother. He he came here for one reason and one reason only, and he's sticking it out to see the end. (laughs) Maybe he's hoping something's going to happen. They're going to come back out and have a rematch. You never know with Hulk Hogan. You know, going back to that promo real quick. Let's talk about that promo real quick with Mean Gene. He even admits, this is Mean Gene Okerlund at Maybe Hulkamania died tonight. And then Fuji obviously saying, yeah, yeah, Piece of America kind of died tonight. So it seems like it really is the end. Yeah, they're selling it like that. Because Gene's obviously Hogan's boy, so. uh, Well, Gene's not long for this world here either here in the 1993 WWF. No, so I think uh, clearly. they, he knew. Everybody knew. So, uh, God, though. Yeah, but that's okay, because Joe Fowler's right around the corner. So, <laughs> Joe Fowler. We'll have Joe Fowler. Was Gene at SummerSlam? I, I, I don't want to say he was, but I feel like he was. I feel like that was his last night. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was gone before some. Did somebody come out and interview Fowler? Uh, Would Lawler just have the the mic on SummerSlam? Yeah, I think it was just Lawler with the mic, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, 
I don't know if Gene's there. I think he's gone by then, which is crazy. Crush uh, showing things off. Does a couple leapfrogs and a dropkick sends Shawn Michaels out of the ring. Crush doing some Shawn Michaels type maneuvers out here. That mullet, though, man. Jesus. The Vinny Vegas mullet? The Shawn Michaels no. mullet? No, the Crush Cru- mullet. Crush, yeah. uh, Crush yeah. and Shawn. Well, Crush's Ooh. mullet, it was kind of dried out. Like, Shawn's. Yeah. If you wanted a mullet, you'd probably want Shawn Michaels' mullet. Crush, not so much. Very frizzy, (laughs) as we discuss mullets here in this Intercontinental title (laughs) match. Steamboat and Savage, this is not. That's right. (laughs) Oh, look at him. He tried the Bob Backlund trip, but the wrong leg there the first time. (laughs) Shawn's like, what did I do to deserve this shit? (laughs) You're Shawn Michaels. That's what you did. Yeah. Well, he's in the middle of, like, seven feuds at the same time here. He's been feuding with Kurt Hennig since WrestleMania, sure. feuding with Marty Jannetty, who who he was feuding with before Kurt Hennig, but then Marty got Marty fired and got him back, so feuding with him, and then uh, uh, now randomly feuding with Crush as well, not not to mention Jim Duggan uh, just a few weeks ago. So everybody going after Shawn Michaels. The workhorse. That's right. The workhorse. And it works so well with him because he's, he's just that gimmick that people hate. It's the gimmick Lex Luger should have, to be honest. And, like, uh, yeah. Sean seems like himself, but Luger just seems like, like you said, a cartoon version of himself. Right. Diesel rescuing but, Sean there, trying to keep him from uh, doing the job, as Bobby Heenan might say. Sean's <laughs> selling. So, yeah, but Sean proving he can work with pretty much anybody, because for every Marty Jannetty and Mr. Perfect, there's a crush and a hacksaw. And <laughs> That's right. And those hacksaw, those hacksaw matches, matches were yeah, they bad. weren't even bad. They're not bad at all. Right. Uh-uh. So I'm curious to see if Crush can, can make it a, a quad, quadfecta, whatever you want to call it, uh, or, uh, or is Crush going to be the, the exception to the rule that Shawn Michaels can have a good match with anybody? Because right now I'm not, I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really feeling this. Uh-oh. Boom. That's terrible. Sean distracts, uh, what is that, Kyoto in the ring? And I think I think that's what yeah, I saw. Yeah, I think so. And then Diesel. Yeah, he has a mullet, too. Yeah, Kyoto even rocking a mullet. It's mullet mania out here at ringside. <laughs> Diesel rammed Crush oh, headfirst into that post. <laughs> Sean going to drive I his head. I always like oh, that spot oh, right there. Oh. It looks so brutal. <laughs> with the mullet, it looks brutal with his hair flopping like that. It's like Haku it, with the afro, man. Yeah. Oh, that's another mullet. My goodness. I, I think in that two dudes with attitudes, he really, he said the same thing about his mullet. He's like, I just thought it was cool. I didn't know anything about doing my hair, which is so weird. Like Shawn Michaels, who he is as the person compared to his gimmick. Right. He's talking about how he had no clue about shaving his head that way or making a mullet. Like he didn't think anything of it. And it was just the thing to do and everything. And it's like, he looks like the type of person that cares if his nails are, manicured and all that stuff and uh like just looking good or whatever and then by and, the uh by by retirement he was uh dressing like skinner so. yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like it's the complete opposite of what you would expect him to be crush out cold from all those uh, ring post shots and he and he should be sean drove his head about 10 times into the back of his head into the ring post and only gets a two count nothing upstairs brother I mean, he already took those shots from Doink. 
How many concussions do you think Crush has here by June of 93? <laughs> About 30, which isn't <laughs> funny, but Shaka. poor guy's getting his head sold. That's where everybody goes. Uh, but that's, if you think about it, it's smart. Where else is he fragile? Looking like that. Uh, his work rate is very fragile. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. this match is fragile. <laughs> yeah, I think we finally found the uh, the uh, catalyst of uh, Sean's uh, epic uh, run here with, with good matches in 93. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, for the next little while, it sure is. And then he's gone. For a little, yeah. Man. And we get a front face lock because Sean clearly has nothing he can do with Crush here. It's been uh, sending him into the ring post and a front face lock. And Crush selling it so well that he's just laying there. He's probably asleep. That's what I don't like. I get the spot and everything, but... Sean's not big enough to be just lugging this dude around. It looks terrible and bad. Yeah, they they keep so booking and they, they keep booking Crush into these matches that just don't fit his look, his size. Well, there's no way on the roster that fits him. Think about it. Yeah, I mean, like a Yokozuna or somebody like that. I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens with that yeah. later on. But yeah, these guys that, definitely. Like, yeah, these guys definitely don't. Don't work. The mid card where he's at is nothing but guys like Sean and Marty, Doink, a bunch of little guys that can work and crush. Definitely isn't doing that. And again, crush. Look oh out. my gosh! Oh my! Unbelievable strength. That man not only could take the Intercontinental title right now, but I think he could slam Yokozuna. And after having his head banged into that post seven or eight times and the beating he's taken, look at this. And it's out. Oh. Crush, oh, that was nasty. Crush tosses Sean. Holy shit. I wonder if he's supposed to do that. <laughs> if he's supposed to land him on his gut. I would imagine that Sean was supposed to land across that top rope, but he overshot it. That was a nasty toss Ooh. to the floor. <laughs> that woke that, nasty. that woke me up. I needed that actually right, right now. <laughs> I did too. Oh man, Sean misses a dive off the top rope as well. Oh, this is the big hot comeback. It goes from a front face lock into this. Ooh, <laughs> Whoa, that was a, nice that was a backdrop. Backdrop. Yeah, that was nice. Sean was good at taking those. I was surprised to do the Ric Flair spot there. I thought we were getting the tilt-a-whirl. I don't think uh, he got Sean right there into that backbreaker. Well, Sean, oh, I'm surprised he didn't jump up and run around in a circle like when Hogan gave him the big boot. That's, <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. Oh, in the leg drop. Oh, look where Crush's like position. Oh, I thought, well, yeah, that's right. Crush can take over Hogan's moves. I'll do those, brother. Like Hogan's gone. Those moves got over, brother. They're doing. They made sure to do this move on this side of the ring, so we must be. Oh, there we go. Clothesline to the floor. I thought they'd positioned a spot there for Diesel on that cover by Crush. Oh well. Instead, what do we got here? Doink. Smoking doink. Yeah, some smoking doink on his way out to the ring. He's got a cigar. Wait a minute. There's not. There's two doinks. One right behind the illusion. other one. It's an illusion. 
is Matt Bourne. Oh right my there. god, that's crazy! That look right there was perfect. <laughs> Every look Matt Bourne makes is perfect in this character. <laughs> oh yeah. And Steve Kern, for those who don't know, the uh, second Doink, the former Skinner. And they're distracting Crush, even though you thought this feud was over. Apparently, it's not. Crush distracted Shawn Michael. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, oh my God. Terrible. Two, three. Oh, my God. The double doinks. They're laughing about how terrible that was. The double. Yeah, they are. Double doinks distract Crush. <laughs> now, look at this shit. Does this make any sense? They distract Crush. Shawn Michaels from behind with a super kick to the back of his head. Crush then hits his own head into the turnbuckle, looked absolutely comically awful, and then knocks himself out to let Sean get the win, and then one second later jumps up and runs and chases the Doinks backstage. Does Crush. Uh, and Diesel, Diesel did nothing. Did nothing, yeah. Like, Instead of just using Diesel here, it's uh, the double Doinks who continue to screw Crush over. Even though we really let's don't pick see. up Savage one more. All right, we'll let's let's get Savage. A little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, we are standing by for the King of the Ring Finals. Mean Gene Oakland has caught up with a well-rested Bam Bam Bigelow. Gene, take it away. All right, a couple of things. As I stand with Bam Bam Bigelow, you're going to the finals of the King of the Ring against Bret the Hitman Hart. Number one. Hart has had two incredibly tough matches. First against Razor Ramon, and the last one in the semifinals against Mr. Perfect. Secondly, you got a draw, a bye in the second round, so you got to be fresh as a daisy. Fresh as a daisy, Mean Gene. I got some business to take care of. I have the opportunity to be the first king of the ring, and I'm going and getting the job done. On his way to the ring, bam, bam, big of all. Let's get back inside. That was uh, pretty matter-of-fact. I don't know that Bam Bam was expecting yeah. to have to cut that promo. He didn't seem ready for it there. It's the finals. This is it. You know it's the main event. You know what's hilarious? They go to the two smoking doinks straight to the back where there's a no-smoking sign on the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a guy with oh, flames on his head, even. so. Yeah. He's smoking of another kind, I guess. I suppose. Papa Shango's probably smoking somewhere, too. I don't know. Oh, was. yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow on his way to the ring. He got that bye into the, uh, from the semifinals thanks to the Luger and Tatanka matchup. Sorry, I had to remind everyone that, that time limit draw. And Bigelow straight to the finals. Bret Hart, on the other hand, he had to wrestle two matches. First, Razor Ramon, and then Mr. Perfect. And now he's got Bam Bam Bigelow here in the finals. Yeah. Three different styles. I know he likes to talk about that all the time, too. But Yeah, three different matches. Yeah, they have been. Well, you know what else like... I like about this show, too? Uh, you go ahead real quick. No, yeah, you're fine. Go on. I was just going to say, like, you mentioned it earlier with the SummerSlam, but also, like, on commentary, obviously we haven't picked up any, but uh, they talk about a lot, or at least they mentioned it a few times, that Macho went through four guys at WrestleMania 4 to win the title. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of similar, so they're – they do have a history that you could talk about. That's a Jim Ross thing for sure. But um, I always thought that was cool. It gives Macho a different perspective on this night that others don't really have because he's done it himself. So I always thought that was cool about the commentary. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you see Macho Man looking hot there uh, at some points in between some of these segments. If I remember correctly, when I was reading the Observers and the fallout of the show, uh, Meltzer claimed that uh, for 
a large period of this pay-per-view, Randy Savage's headset uh, wasn't working for the other announcers. They couldn't hear what Randy was saying, so they couldn't really play off of him. And that's kind of interesting if anybody wants to go back and actually listen to this pay-per-view, because I haven't listened to this pay-per-view in I, you know, years and years. So I'm very curious, too, if that's just some Meltzer narrative or if that's really noticeable here. Yeah, I'd have to go back and listen to it um, and see, but... Bigelow going yeah, right after honest, Ooh, look at that. Ooh, nice. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Let's be honest, though. If you're going to have headset issues, there's not two better guys that you could have those with, and you're not going to really notice unless you're paying attention than JR, Bobby Heenan. Oh, that's uh, that's that's for damn sure, yeah. <laughs> like you, You've got to really go looking for it if you want to pick up on it. So Bam Bam tried to start this thing out hot and fast, which makes sense. He's fresh. He's trying to take Brett out pretty faster. I love that spot. He picked Brett up in that, that press slam and Brett wiggled around till he landed on top for a cover and Bigelow showing off his power though. So Brett didn't want to have to wrestle Mr. Hughes, but he gets Bam Bam. Another big man. <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Hughes. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're looking at it from Brett's perspective of having a, a good match, then, then I guess I would pick Bam Bam. Obviously. <laughs> Well, here we yeah. go. Is he going to connect this time with the slam? The old WrestleMania two. There's no Andre to catch or oh. Anvil to catch him. <laughs> Bigelow just presses Damn. Hitman out to the floor. <laughs> I'd rather take the, the, the <laughs> slam in the ring than do that. Yeah. Oh man, it's kind of rough. Here you wiggled out of the press slam, so here's what you get for it: dumped to the floor. Yeah. So this is start off, starting off pretty good. Uh, it's already better than yeah. Shawn Michaels and Crush. Like they oh, don't yeah, have to do anything crazy. else, and it's already better than that match. That was terrible. It, was... it just goes to show, like like everybody talks about. Oh, Bam Bam is one of the best big men, and you kind of you can see it. Like, oh, it's Bam Bam. People probably think WCW hardcore champion garbage shit, but man, this dude could really, really work if he had the right opponent opponents and he was motivated. He can put on some damn good matches. He's he's he doesn't work like a big man. He does, but he doesn't. And uh, he 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 knew what he was doing in there, and he was he was a hell of a talent, I think. Yeah, and, and you're right. It it did take the right opponent. Obviously, the big boss man at Royal Rumble wasn't that that right opponent. <laughs> but no, guys like Bret Hart or guys like uh, I mean, you go back to just that little bit we saw him in '89 in, in the NWA. The guys like Barry Windham, obviously. Or, or mm-hmm. I mean, if if he had the right opponent, he was so good. Taz, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Doing Taz, RVD. <laughs> that was a hell of a match with RVD for the TV title when RVD won it. So yeah, I mean, that was that was I, after I wrote Bam Bam off those awful years he had there at the end of, of his WWF run, and obviously it wasn't all Bam Bam. <laughs> clearly, based on some of the clearly stuff he did in, in ECW. Yeah. So I mean, he was uh. Hell of a talent. Like it, it all. It, oh, no doubt about it. I, you know, I used to have that WrestleMania video game. You know, the original WWF video game on NES. I think it was WrestleMania. Yeah. Called, yeah. And uh, I don't know that I was ever anybody besides Bam Bam Bigelow on that game. I just love the cartwheel the kick that they had him doing there. And, uh, <laughs> there was awesome. a, there was also a cheating move you could do. He would do like a jumping boot, but if you press B fast enough, you could actually kick the guy twice with the same boot. So it was a, it was a fun cheating little move there in the game. 
But yeah, it was. <laughs> I I always loved Bam Bam. I mean, I just loved. You didn't see guys his size move like he did. Yeah, you definitely didn't. That, what I was gonna say is, I think big men. When it comes to big men, you got to have the right opponent for them. They're not always gonna look like excellent workers. Uh, you just they got to get in there with the right people. But man, they serve a purpose. And uh, Bam Bam was one of the better ones that did it. He made LT look decent. Yeah, I mean that was a passable match. It wasn't a good match, but it was a passable match. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it should be main event in WrestleMania, but (laughs) I mean, he made (laughs) he made LT look decent, and that's that tells you how good he was. Yeah, as this match goes on, Bam Bam dominating Bret Hart. Bret Hart, the uh, (laughs) playing the victim as usual. Got to get that sympathy in before he makes. Yeah, he wants the uh, exactly playing the victim. Yes. Fatigue that he's had. This is third match. Well, I was going to say, where's the endurance? Where's the endurance now, Hitman? He's he's uh, doing rope-a-dope. He's letting uh, Bam Bam wear himself out. We get the bear hug spot. Hitman up high on him. So Bam Bam carrying the weight. He's not even re- resting here. People might call this a res hold. When you're holding 235 pounds up in the air like this over your shoulder, you're not resting as much as you could be if Brett would just stand on his feet. But this does look more impressive than your t- typical generic Yokozuna and Hulk Hogan bear hug that we saw earlier. That's probably why Brett's doing it this way. <laughs> you see that? Like you see you how they're earlier. doing that? Th- we're going to do not that way. That's what we're going to do. Like you said earlier, these guys were working European tour and getting a lot of reps in together. Oh, yeah. They, they had some high good on that stuff. One. So I'm sure they enjoyed working with each other. Yeah, you know, as for as good as this match is, I'm wondering if you put this one side by side with the European Tour match, which one's actually better? Because it was just that good. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. And I can't remember which city it was in. I think it was the Spain show. Mean Gene already yeah, waiting the up there at the uh, coronation, probably having a having a drink or two, a cocktail or two up there at the uh, royal throne, it's, waiting for the winner of this match. King Bam Bam. Oh yeah. I don't know about all that. That that's the, that's the one downside to this is you can see where they're going. This gimmick's only gonna work for certain people. And, but I never uh, really pictured Brett as a king, and we really don't get that either. So it, it's, yeah, I don't either. It's just it's just a way to appease Bret Hart and start his next feud, I guess. Oh man, Ooh. those rails were not not connected. Bam Bam takes a big oh, whip into the rail and right into the crowd. Damn. That kid's leg. Lawsuit. <laughs> Lawsuit. Yeah, he had to move the. He had to jump the stairs or go around them. So, the setup here is awkward. Brett well, just slipped off the apron there. Probably not built for a floor crowd. Yeah, not the bi- like not. I said. Those, not not the biggest arena. Those stairs go straight down to where the floor seating is. Like they go all the way down, so yeah, this isn't set up for a floor. You know, it was funny oh, here strange. too. I, you know, I totally. I usually at the beginning of these these shows, I'll I'll talk about the dark match and things like that. What was funny was that Owen Hart was in the dark match, so he even worked this show as well as his brother Brett. Owen, though, working Papa Shango, who was the USWA champion oh. at this point. Owen hadn't won it yet, so Owen, I think, <laughs> I, I'm assuming, did the job. And that match with Papa Shango in the dark match. 
So yes, a USWA no. title match at the King of the Ring pay-per-view, but only in the dark match. The title wasn't on the line, was it? Oh yeah, no. yes, no yes, way. it was. Yes, it, w- it was. Yes, sir. Wow! Look at this. Ooh. What do we got coming here? Luna Vashon with a steel chair to the back of Brett, and he sells it. So I'm surprised. Not gonna sell that from a girl. <laughs> Speaking of mullets, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ultimate Luna's. mullet, Luna. Yeah. <laughs> My God. <sighs> Gotta love it. So I think we're getting our false finish here. Luna comes out behind the referee's back. Who is that? Joey Morella in there? Who do we got? Danny? No, it's Morella. Not uh, Joe. Yeah. And she blasts Brett on the floor in the back with the chair. And Bigelow now going to seize the opportunity to go after the hitman. Ooh, nasty slam, man. Holy, oh, she slammed him like a sack of garbage. Yeah. I got to ask this question. I should have did it earlier, but Mr. Perfect said all you Canadians are the same. And then mm. I'm going to show you why I'm perfect. Like, what the hell did he mean what? by that? He didn't finish it. I don't know, but Pam Pam Bigelow off the top rope with the diving headbutt and picks up the win. I totally forgot about this. I, I, and Hebner, Hebner spends and wastes no time. He's, all, he's out there before the three count, just about telling Joey Morella what happened. Luna Vashon comes out. Blast Brett with the chair behind Morella's back, and Bigelow nails his finisher and picks up the easy pin. And at this point in real life, back in that that time frame, I'm sitting there going, "Are you fucking serious? This is how this is ending." Uh, we didn't get totally restarts. Watched him. Yeah, we didn't even get restarts back back in uh, those days. So to hear what the Fink right now announcing that the match will continue, and Mar- even though even though Hebner. Uh, is telling the Fink this. It looks like Morella's not totally sold on it. But? What did they do on the instant replay? Uh, no, we don't, we don't get an instant replay, but the match will continue. Restart the match. Morella's finally going to listen to Hebner. He's going to listen. We're going to restart the match. And Earl's uh, gone, just like that. Yeah, Earl's right back, right, right back to the back. <laughs> I, I hate that. I absolutely hate that shit. Because if you're going to do it once, you need to do it every single time. Well, it works here tonight. So that's all that matters for the moment. Roddy Hogan even on his feet over there. I'm not sure why, though. He might be leaving. <laughs> but I do see him on his feet over there. <laughs> <laughs> I see him, too. But, yeah, it, is, I, I, it always bugged me. Like, well, how come they didn't do that every single time? This happens two or three times a night. You can Managers cheat, seconds cheat, you know, everybody cheats, especially the heels. So, like, how are you just going to reverse? How are you going to pick and choose when it's okay and not okay? That's why it's wrestling, man. <laughs> That's what we just, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those day to day. That's one of those things. It's, well, a lot of that, it's wrestling. Dad, it's wrestling. <laughs> you know, that conversation. But Bam Bam's still on top. So Brett not even making the comeback yet. Brett uh, did the job basically, but the man. I wonder if Brett would what Brett would have done right there if he had gotten screwed right there. We're gonna continue the match, but they really don't. And then Bam Bam just wins, and they're like, "Ha ha, we screwed you, pal." Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, pal. <laughs> back to the bear hug. <laughs> and yeah, back to this bear hug Vin- here by Bam Bam. Vince is in the screw and Bret Hart mood in '93 yet. No, we we need you right now, pal. We just lost Hulk Hogan. 
<laughs> we got nothing. We got to milk it. We got to milk you. I, although I do have an idea. It involves the 4th of July. Let's see how that works. We're going to put you on the back burner again, Brett. <laughs> well, uh, it, it works out uh, for a while anyway. Yeah. We get some good shit here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've seen Bam Bam and Luna in the past. They've kind of worked with each other a little oh, bit. No. Oh, the Isn't this the Jesse Ventura backbreaker? Oh, yeah. Only reason I know that is because uh, Garvin and Valentine at Rumble 90. He takes credit for it when Greg puts uh, Ronnie yeah, in. The, uh, now he's taking my move. He's going to win. The body breaker, yeah. But That's so many awesome. guys have used that uh, over the time. It's uh, been called the pendulum backbreaker, the Canadian backbreaker. Bruno's used it. Seen a lot of guys use it from time to time. It's uh, a cool looking move. Yeah, but it's just there's just I, I like the I think the torture rack just looks more violent. I guess I think that works better if you're gonna do a over the shoulder shoulder style. And Brett finds a way out of it and picks Bam Bam up for a back suplex. And we're into nice. the double down spot. Bigelow's selling it. I like the European match better. <laughs> yeah. Feels like there's it feels like there's more action. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right if I remember correctly. It just seemed to be a little more fast paced than this one. But hey man, Brett's already worked a couple of matches before this. I think I'm not saying Brett can't and have a fast paced match here, but Brett being Brett and this being real, uh This is I, a story. Yeah, he wouldn't wrestle a fast paced match after having two other matches. Bigelow. Misses that senton, thank God, that one he's been squashing everybody with on TV. <laughs> he's just killing boys with that senton. He Holy sure is. Shit. That's, uh, that's, uh, <sighs> should be his finisher. Right? Brett, Brett Wiseman. Drop that bad boy. Yeah, drop and... that afterwards. And then, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Brett lucky to roll out of the way of that one. He survived. Yeah, this is the story. I just, and also the ankle. I don't, I don't, obviously, it doesn't bother me most of the night, but stopping and going probably doesn't make it it feel any better. I feel like we're moving into the the finish here, starting to do these Irish whips. I think he's going to go to the well once too many times and might be right here. Get the, get the WrestleMania 8 finish is now he beats him. Who? What? Brett. Beats Piper with the sleeper into the rollover? No, that's that's different than this. This is the uh, the same finish as Spain. That's where we're gonna get here. Oh, okay, I yeah. don't even remember the finish. Uh, okay, well you'll see <laughs> so... it because they've actually they've actually worked each other a few other times. I think on Coliseum videos or things, and it's always the same finish every time. Brett just loved that move with Bam Bam, and we're gonna see. I won't. I don't want to spoil it for you, or I tell you what it was. It's been a minute since that Spain show. I do know the match was a little bit better because it was just two fresh guys in there wrestling, and it was faster paced. But um, I don't remember the finish. Yeah, and it's not that these guys couldn't go right now if they had to. It's just Brett wanting to make it Being realistic. Brett. Yeah, I've already had two matches. I, why would I? Why would I act fresh? Which I, I appreciate that. I appreciate him selling things and telling a story. Drop kick there, I did too. and this is not a bad match. <laughs> Bam Bam can no, top. 
He didn't go over. He was supposed to. Brett helped him over. Don't mess up my spot. <laughs> was he like that? There's, I don't think he's like that, is he? <laughs> well, he's here. he is right here. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. He, had to, he had to move Bam Bam to the side, or Bam Bam had to go to the side. Look at those punches, man. He throws some of the best punches. He lays them in pretty good here. That was a plancha by Bret Hart late in the match. He's taking Bam Bam back in because you got to beat him in the ring. Did, but do you think so? Do you think he's that way? I have no idea. I couldn't say. I, I doubt it. But at the same time, I think here it's like we only got so many minutes to work with. I, I people, don't think people always complain. People always complained about the pay per views going off fifteen minutes early. But the, the truth is, they had to go off early because back then you had to rewind the tape in order to play the replay uh, in the in the pay per view station. So. They needed that extra bit of time to rewind the tape, so that's why the pay-per-views didn't go off at the exact minute before. Uh-oh, Brett going up for the yeah, Bulldog. I think he was looking for nice. that before, and Bigelow wasn't in position. He was too far away. So Brett just kind of readjusts, and he still gets the move in, and now it looks like he's going for the finish. Looking for the sharpshooter. Can he lock it on the oh. legs that big? That's the question. Bam Bam kicks him right off. Wasn't going to happen. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Just too strong. Bam Bam's still in this. And the third bear hug of the evening. No, Brett's oh, not going to. He's biting him. He's not going to have it this time. Another suplex. Oh, Ooh. no. Bigelow lands Ooh, on he top. He landed high on that one. He landed high on that one, too. Nice. That's kind of how Brett beat Razor off the, off the middle rope was Brett floated over. Yeah. And it comes back to Haunt, Haunt Heart right here. <laughs> Big, it's picking up. That's really yeah. They're this. <laughs> you're fine. I'm just looking at his strings hanging out of his gear here. Here we go into the finish. Oh, the the victory roll. The Brett Owen. Yeah, yeah one. Brett Owen. There it is. I think Brett liked that move because he's rolling over a 400 pound Bam Bam. He's, he 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 has yeah, a big dude that different. can roll over. There's, yeah, there's nobody else that's gonna take tuck and roll like that. Yeah, absolutely. And Savage right away. Remember what Macho said he was going to do? He was going to come in and congratulate the winner and then kick him in the gut and challenge him because that's what I do. Now he's he's leaving the ring. Well, right back to the broken heads. Back to my uh, broken headset here. Uh, It's going to watch from afar. Can't hear shit I'm saying. There's fucking Tony. What if Tony Gurria attacked Bret Hart right here? What would you have done? Would you have like been excited for that excellent fucking Tony Gurria out of retirement? Yeah, they're like, dude, we got like they're fucking like three minutes. Him. Yeah, there's like four, up here. four and a half minutes of time left. Mean Gene's already got the fucking crack cape up. <laughs> He's waiting. <laughs> Let's pick this up. Brett is pissed about this. You know it is. I get my king of the ring and you're rushing get me. My, get my shit in. Here we go. Let's let's pick this up. Well, no, he's... he's oh, look at that. King Hitman. Are like you kidding it. me? Brett's happy he got his matches in. That's all he's worried about. He's like... He doesn't give a shit about all this. He's yeah, probably he's... mad that the crown gets destroyed because he can't have it in his shrine. I guarantee you he has that cape and that scepter. You know, 100%. speaking of that crown, I'll talk to you. Remember, remind me about it when this segment's over because I'm going to tell you something about that crown. Let's, uh, let's, right. let's listen. I think Mijin has some words here. I cannot believe this moment right here. The king of the ring. I will not give him a chance at all. Not at all. The 
had something. You deserve it, but the Hitman Heart. I proclaim ye, Brett the Hitman Heart, the King of the Ring. Oh, yeah. Wow. What action. Wait a minute, Terry Lawler. What in God's name are you doing here, King Lawler? I'll tell you what I'm doing here. I'm here to confront the pretender to my throne. I'm here to tell this imposter and all of the rest of you idiots that there is only one king in the World Wrestling Federation, and I am that king. Do you understand that? Out of the goodness of my royal heart, I might allow you to be a prince. Yeah, that's right. If you, right now in front of all of these people and in front of all of these idiots, get down on your hands and knees, bow to the real king, and kiss my feet. Do you understand that? Wow. I tell you, you got a, lure, a lot of nerve for a guy to come out here, and you didn't even have the guts or the integrity to even get in the tournament for no, the king of the ring. True. Where were you when this thing started? I'll tell you what I think. The only kind of king you are is the Burger King. Oh, no. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Burger, yeah, King. Yeah. Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. Stop it, Savage. Burger King. Oh, my gosh, what a cheap shot. A sucker punch from behind with that scepter. He hit him right with a scepter in the back of the head. King Lawler is ruining Bret Hart's moment. He's, he's destroyed the crowd. What a dastardly attack. What a heinous attack. This is sickening. This is uncalled for. He's, oh, God. Oh. This what is a forgot how good that was it was so realistic you know go back to when doink attack crush and and even mr hughes with that urn and 
Lawler just makes it look so good, so easy, so violent, and so much more realistic, Lawler's attack. And I know it was like a weekly thing there on Memphis TV to just beat the shit out of everybody with everything that was not not nailed down. But it was just so good. He used everything. He used everything on the stage. And then Bret Hart goes falling down the stairs backwards. It was just perfect. It was so well done. Yeah, it was. And uh, I, th- I think Bret said that he got a potato from Lawler there, so he got him back at SummerSlam. So uh, <laughs> if it looked legit, it probably was. Some of those shots are pretty stiff, I'm sure. But uh, excellent angle to end the show. You never saw that before in, in WWF. A lot of the time, is go home happy. Not here. Um, you got sent home thinking, damn, Brett just got destroyed. So you, you're excited to see what, what leads there. But, um, yeah, that's not how pay-per-view usually ended ever. No, you uh, would get the, the occasional, this happened after the pay-per-view. Slaughter filed, fireballed Hogan or, or uh, a snake, a cobra popped yeah. out of Elizabeth's presence or something like that. But. The pay-per-view, even if the heel won, that was pretty much it. The guy won, and that was the end of your pay-per-view. And, uh, yeah, it was like uh, Brett won. He's going up there getting coronated. You didn't see it coming, and then Lawler's up there. He's not happy that there's there's another guy proclaiming to be king. And then Brett kind of instigates it. He has to say Burger King about 400 times there. What I was going to tell you, though, when Lawler destroys everything, that crown actually pops up again on some face-to-faces I did. With Bret Hart holding the crown, he goes, is this something you want to, you know, wear as a crown? Uh, so Bret kept it, at least for a little bit. So I'm, it, it, He it has was, it. You know he so, has it. So I'm thinking he has it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> it's probably in his shrine somewhere. He doesn't, he doesn't have the scepter. Lawler, you see Lawler dropped his scepter and then picked up the one that they gave for Bret and broke yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't breaking his own shit. <laughs> so uh, he used WWF stuff. But um, so he doesn't have the scepter. I'm sure. I'm 100 percent sure. Brett has the cape, and he has he has to have that shattered crown. Um, if you've seen his shrine, he has everything: posters from <laughs> European events, programs, Coliseum video, magazine ads, like everything you can think of that dude has. So there's no way he doesn't have that. No way. Well, that uh, wraps it up. King of the Ring. It's the end of Hulkamania in the WWF. There's a new uh, sheriff in town, and he's 550 pounds. Yokozuna, the WWF champion. Uh, we're going to have some tag team title changes coming up here soon and some announcements of a lot of guys leaving the company. Some people actually putting in notices on the next episode of The Grenade when we talk uh, the last two weeks of June 1993. and the first couple of days of July, we're going to talk Superstars and Wrestling Challenge, which ends 4th of July. And we'll set everything up then for the next show, July, the 4th of July, and the Stars and Stripes Challenge. We'll talk to you all about that on the next episode. If you guys don't know what that is, you're going to hear all about it, I promise you, on the next episode of The Grenade, because we sure hear quite a, quite a bit about it. So Bret Hart has three really good matches, one excellent match with Mr. Perfect, but he's coronated king, mm-hmm. only to be dethroned by Jerry Lawler immediately thereafter. And off to the races we go with that feud, which should be fun, at least in the short term before things happen in the fall. Uh, Shawn Michaels <laughs> should ha- be able to move away from Crush now. Uh, I wish Crush could yeah. move away from Crush, but that's just not something we can do. Uh, well, he's gone soon, too. Yeah, yeah. Bit. Yeah, we got s- some other shenanigans going on with Crush in the near future. But, Steve, man, I appreciate it. Another uh, another watch-along in the books. Still two more pay-per-views to go, SummerSlam and Survivor Series, but this may be the best as far as just overall product. Really good wrestling matches uh, several times throughout the show. We got to see the, the cool ending 
great finish to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And then we got to uh, look at Roddy Hogan, dejected there in the front row for the second half of the pay-per-view. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but, uh, I used to, no, I used to feel just... bad for him for years after that. Like, whatever happened to him, man? <laughs> uh, now we know. Um, no, this is a solid show. Brett carried it, obviously. Uh, there was some good stuff in between. Um, so all in all, not bad. Uh, it's like you said, it's probably the best pay-per-view of the year as far as entering work. Um, the odd thing is, is Hogan gets destroyed by Yoko, who's a top heel, and then Lawler destroys Brett, so another top heel with your top two baby faces. This is not a send-your-fans-home-happy type of show, but clearly some other people have their hands in the cookie jar as far as booking goes right now because this is out of the ordinary. But um, all in all, I, I like this show. It's fun. Yeah, have fun talking about it. Yeah, and uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and hopefully we also proved it on this episode. You guys don't necessarily have to watch along with us if you don't want to watch the pay-per-view or don't have time to watch the pay-per-view. You don't really have to. We try to fill every single second of the show with conversation, whether it's about the pay-per-view or in dead spots, just other random shit, shit, who knows what. We talked about Lee Scott here today. I didn't expect to do that walking into this pay-per-view. So it's uh, it was fun. I'm going to try to look up and see why Rick Steiner didn't really do anything there. Did he just uh, kind of sneak his way through a pay-per-view payday and without having to do anything? Good for him if he did. But, uh, Steve, I appreciate you being here for the watch-along, and we'll be back, guys, uh, what, uh, with another damn near three weeks of WWF TV as we cover those final two weeks of June and uh, the first week of July, Steve. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. I've already watched most of the shows, if not all of them, and uh, there's so much action and so much stuff going on on these next two weeks of shows that uh, can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Everything's exploding. Everything's changing and, and it's getting more exciting. And I, I look forward to it as well. Lots and lots to cover guys. We'll be back soon. Another wrestling memory grenade on the way next week. As we finish out June and we head into July, you guys know what's around the corner. I won't say it here for those who really don't, but for those who do, you know, you know, it's coming. <laughs> and uh the lex express is on hero. its way <laughs> that's right i'll be uh, your hero <laughs> right around the corner i'll be your hero i uh, can't wait to play some of that here on the show <laughs> we'll be back again more wrestling grenade very very soon promotional consideration paid for by the following We'd like to thank our loyal fan base of listeners as you guys continue to listen, download, and subscribe to shows. We can't thank you guys enough, and please continue to spread the word and retweet all the posts from our Twitter account to help the brand continue to grow. Of course, all of our shows are available on WrestleCopia.com, but you can also find The Grenade on all of your favorite podcast streaming apps. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google Pod, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Amazon, iHeartRadio, you name it, and we're probably there. And a reminder that you too can win free prizes as listeners of The Grenade as part of our continuous free prize giveaway offers. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter at Rasslin' Grenade. That's it, R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. It's that simple. Be a follower of The Grenade and you're automatically entered in each and every free prize giveaway contest. As always, we encourage you to stop on over to our very own Patreon account, which you can find at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia, where we offer an insane 14 tiers of goodies with prices available for everyone's price range. Prices start as low as $1, a $1 tier, to simply show your support of the fledgling podcast network. 
Or you can select our $5 tier, the all-access tier, which is always offering up rare goodies, as well as complete access to our entire watch-along series, featuring prior WWF and WCW pay-per-views and special events that make a great complimentary piece to our Monday Warfare podcast. We're also making our way through the entire WWF Coliseum video series as a watch-along project on Patreon. Other shows in our watch-along series include episodes of WWF Saturday Night's Main Event, the classic Steamboat vs. Ric Flair one-hour match from Clash of the Champions 6, and so much more. We're always adding new content and shows to the Watch Along series as part of the all-access tier over at patreon.com slash Russellcopia. That's $5 for the all-access tier. And again, we thank all of our loyal listeners for everything you've done. Hey guys, just another final thanks from me to you for listening. Lots of great stuff coming on the way. Of course, we know June through December still in 1993. Some watch-alongs still to come. Of course, SummerSlam Survivor Series. Not only that, I got to invite you guys to go over to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. 14 tiers of goodies, but that favorite goodie that you may know by now, my favorite one is the $5 tier, the all-access tier. Gets you everything on the tiers underneath, including early releases of the Wrestling Memory Grenade as well as all of the show notes for Monday Warfare, The Grenade, and each and every other show that I do. Plus, if that's not all, unedited shows of TR Shocks the World. Yes, believe it or not, Tom says even more in the unedited versions. Wow. And the hard-selling point, guys, the $5 tier, the all-access tier, what does that get you? It gets you our Patreon watch-along series, where we cover everything from Coliseum home videos to Clash of the Champions, Saturday night's main event, and WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Right now, we're doing all of the pay-per-views that that coincide with the Monday Night War. We've done a lot of late 95. We're into the spring of 1996 in the pay-per-views. Lots of good stuff there to check out on patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Again, no subscription. Cancel any time you want, but I don't think you will once you get a sniff of what we offer there. And as always, please follow us at Grenade on Twitter. Follow and like us on Facebook at, at facebook.com slash wrestling grenade. And now our own custom URL on YouTube. Subscribe and watch new videos there. I'll be dropping them. Maybe not as busy throughout the holiday season, but I will be back to dropping tons of videos relatively soon at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. And with all the social media talk out of the way, it's that time. Time to say goodbye, but we will be back again very soon. More grenade on the way. I want to say thank you again to everyone. So one more heartfelt thank you. As I believe, ladies and gentlemen, I have just been informed that Shawn Michaels has left the building. Well, if old HBK has left the building, it's time for Ray Russell, double R as TR calls me, to leave the building as well. Once again, I want to thank you all. So from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and we'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. See you real soon. Don't miss it. Be there.